Mesa presents the Steve Dangle Podcast with your hosts, Steve Dangle and Adam Wilde. Are you ready for a piping hot take? I want it. Oh, this take is the hottest. It's a T A E K. It's wow. that hot. Wow. All right. Wow. And this comes from a source that normally I'm right on board with. But this is a very controversial thing, and I think I think it's just wrong. I think it's straight up sometimes. You know what? Even even the best of us, and this guy's way better than I am for sure, the best of us are wrong sometimes. Do you have my Twitter up? No, it's not yours. Oh, okay. I think I know no. where you're going with this. I know. Who do you, where do you think I'm going with this, Jesse? I mean, I'm curious. Okay, I'm trying to think of all the takes. There have was you, a, there was a Scott today. Foster take. From last night, is that where you're? Oh, to I'm not up? going. But you hang on to that Scott Foster take. Okay, we are going to talk about it. No, but, I'm ex- uh, yeah. Please find the Scott okay, Foster okay. take. I have not seen the Scott Foster take. I saw. Okay, and you're not allowed to look at his computer. Nope. By the way, don't look Sorry. at his computer. Yep, we're in a different studio because I screwed us over and forgot to book the. You actual did not. One. I actually screwed us over by moving the podcast from Thursday to Friday. Yeah, fair enough. So blame right. Jesse. Hashtag Just blame Jesse. That's it's if, not going to start. If off. Adam's <laughs> innocent, is <laughs> Adam innocent wild. There would have been a Reddit thread about what an asshole I am for putting us in this studio. Um, okay, you would have fi- found a way to make the mistake about the Soviet Union for somehow. sure. Something for a treaty. Yes. Um, Mark Lazarus. Mark Lazarus. See, he. I must have missed this tweet because he was in fine form. He was until he wrote this. Oh. And I love Mark Lazarus. He's, let me just put that out there. This is not a slant, but I don't think this is a, a, a great opinion. He's a really interesting beat reporter to follow because he he walks this line of journalistic integrity and just saying s- silly things and swearing and having fun with his job. What did he say? Connor McDavid. Oh, boy. Yes. So here, here we go. <laughs> that's, that's volcanic already. Wow. That's Uh-oh. all it took. Uh, Steve, by the way, move the microphone up just a little bit towards there just we so go. we can get you. I don't want you to sound off. How was that? Connor McDavid. C. McD. Has 25 goals and 27 assists in his last 30 games. That's pretty good. It's remarkable. He's truly amazing. And otherworldly talent. Yep. That's it? That's a good tweet. That is a good tweet. What is... The th- what's the old saying about the word but? Uh, it cannot lie. Well, other than that, <laughs> other than that, uh, <laughs> I mean, I mean, it it's, it's actually hips that cannot lie. Sir. Oh, right, oh, yeah. my bad. Yeah, uh, I I don't know. It only leads to trouble. Well, no. What, essentially, what does Aunt Adam have to say? Essentially, about this? Auntie Adam says yes. Everything. That someone says to you after the word but is the only part that really matters in the sentence, uh, right? Wow, what a good saying. That is good. That's no, not my saying. There is an actual saying that's more concise than that. Connor McDavid has 25 goals and 27 assists in his last 30 games. It's remarkable. He's truly amazing and otherworldly talented. And, and you know what? No one agrees with or no one disagrees with you, Mark. But Mm-mm. that whole stretch came in an utterly meaningless game. Uh, came in utterly meaningless games. Long after his team was far, far out of playoff contention. Stop trying to make fetch happen. Basically, what he's saying is stop trying to make Connor for the heart happen. So, okay, very interesting, Adam. How do you feel about that? Well, my first thought was, so the other teams, the 30 other teams they were playing, that was a meaningless game to them? Mm. Mm. Oh, you didn't know everyone stops trying once (laughs) the Oilers are out? Once the Oilers are out, everybody stops trying against the Oilers. Mm. Oh, no, they didn't lose 7-4 at all. And the other thing is, I would say, 
25 goals and 27 assists in 30 games. If the award we're speaking about here is most valuable to their team, it's an inarguable point when you look at that 30-game stretch. And I'm someone that's pro-Nathan McKinnon for this. But how do you argue with that? If that is the way the word is written, who cares how well the team did? This is most valuable to your team in the regular season. Because remember, the awards are voted on for the regular season, not it's, in the playoffs, yeah, before the except playoffs. for the Con Smythe. I have a question then. I, I am excited for your question. How come? But. No, uh, I'm, kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. How come for the last month, five weeks, six weeks, seven weeks, eight weeks, Every time I bring up the fact that the Arizona Coyotes are one of the hottest teams in the NHL, you both laugh at me. You both laugh at that statement. Despite its truth. It's smart insider man truth. How come you laugh at that? I mean, these games don't matter, right? I don't know. So, like, it doesn't matter that they're winning games. Doesn't matter. Didn't they beat Tampa recently? Oh! Who haven't they beaten is the better question. They've beaten everybody. You know why? They've been a great team for... A month, month and a half, two months. I, I just I just want to know why that doesn't matter to anybody. You know what, Steve? What? It's a fair point, and I'll concede it. It's a fair point, I'll concede it. Here's the problem, though. They're Sounds still great, last. Adam. Jesse? <laughs> 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 They're still last in the Western Conference. I don't understand the point you're trying to make. The point I'm trying to make is it's the same damn thing. What? So either the Coyotes' performance... Since not losing their first 20 games, whatever it was. Okay. Matters as much as McDavid's performance, whether we're talking good or bad. No, 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 no. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah you yeah. can't. Oh, why? Look at the Coyotes. Connor McDavid jam. The, <laughs> Sorry. Walk jam 2018 forever. Um, <laughs> look at the Coyotes' season. You have to look at it as a whole. Look mm. at McDavid's season. It's a great season. It's a heart trophy worthy season. The Coyote season is a second last place season. So what are you arguing? Only that? recently, by the way. Yeah. So, <laughs> so what, what are you arguing? <laughs> so McDavid's season as a whole has been better than the Coyote season as a whole. I don't. That's I don't a good point, and I'll concede it. I don't. Jesse think that wins was, again. Well, I don't well, think that was up for debate. Well I argued. No. I, I, I no. personally tuned out. I'm not going to lie. But, uh, <laughs> Thank you. But the point I'm trying I wish to make. my wife would just admit that. She like, doesn't do that? No. Because, like, it sucks because I realize it, and now, now i got to go back and see where she left off. Oh, man. How many pages Caprice, back? Caprice does that, too. And I, I actually call her on it. It's mostly Instagram. It's mostly like, we're, we're in the middle of a conversation. She'll be like, hey, you know, I want to hang out tonight. Let's hang out. And then I'll be talking to her or whatever, and you just see the phone, the light eyes go to the phone. Have you been living together long enough that you can tell she's not listening from the other room? Oh, yeah. Just by the sound of her voice? Yeah. I can tell when she's on the phone, not listening. <laughs> she'll just, like, sometimes she just wants to call to know that I'm there. And she'll just leave the phone on, and I'm like, no, 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 I'm not doing this. Goodbye. What? No. Yeah. <laughs> I love you, but goodbye. Yeah, sorry. Take anyway, care. Connor yeah, McDavid. It, I understand what Mark is trying to say there. But I think he's wrong. I think it's a flawed argument. Uh, to say that those games don't matter, for the Oilers, they still mattered. 30 games ago, I believe it was uh, Cam Talbot who came out and said, we will make the playoffs this year. Cam, Mark Messier, Talbot. And it worked. And by the way, and I'm, what a story. I'm referring to the Mark Messier in Vancouver, his first season, where he said, we will make the playoffs, oh. and they did not make the playoffs. Remember um, when they had like... 
navy blue and maroon jerseys. <laughs> That's right. That's right. I remember. I remember. One of the best things about the Hart Trophy race is that the votes will be public this year. Yeah. And that oh. we'll all be able to know who, who voted for McDavid and who didn't. <laughs> so, okay, Jesse, can you bring up the stats of the LA Kings? Sure. Because uh, to me, the most interesting case study in the Hart debate is how do you feel about Anzi Kopitar's name being in there and how do you compare him to Connor McDavid? You mean last year? This year. Oh, this year. Well, what do you mean? Kopitar has had a sneaky, amazing season. He has, where he had like five goals last year. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, and on top of him having a sneaky, amazing season, he is just otherworldly compared to his uh, teammates. Jesse, how many points does Kopitar have, and how many points does the next closest guy have? Anze Kopitar has eighty-nine points. Jeez, in uh, seventy-eight games, thirty-five goals, fifty-four assists. The next closest on his team is Mr. Good Friend of the Show, Drew Doughty, who has 57 points. That's a great season for him. Wow. So what is it? You said 89 versus 57? Yes. He's 32 points in the lead for his own team. Like, were they all unassisted? Is that how it works? Look, you did it. I did do it. Yeah. 89 minus 57 is 32. I'm proud of the math. Believe me. I <laughs> There was a little bit of quiver in my voice because I was not sure. But, okay. So Kopitar is clearly just... Destroying the competition around the league, but he's also kind of on an island on his own, on his own team. What's Connor McDavid's lead on his on team? his teammates? I, w- I would Oof. love to know. I will tell you in half I, a second. I hmm. Let me think. I think it won't be as much. I think it'll be less than thirty-two, and I'm blindly guessing that. By the way, Adam, what do you think? Has he eclipsed hundred yet? Well, I here's the thing. He uh, Drysaddle's there, so he should be with his nine point five million dollar contract. Up there with McDavid. The Nuge's point per game total has actually been really good, but he's been out for so much. Connor McDavid currently has 103 points. I'm going to say Jeez. Leon Dreisaitl is hovering somewhere in the 70 to 75 range. I'm going to guess 74. Leon Dreisaitl has 68 points. Oh, so McDavid's lead is even bigger. Yes, it is 35. <laughs> so it's a three-point difference. It's pretty, it's pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. McDavid has more points, obviously. Mm-hmm. Kopitar's team is in the playoffs right now. Are they still? Yes. Yeah, they're third in the Pacific, I want to say. They are third in the Pacific. You are correct. They're in the playoffs right now. McDavid's team is what? Fifth last? Mm -hmm. Uh, Three from the bottom in the West. So, shouldn't your arguments for McDavid be the exact same as they should be for Kopitar? And shouldn't Kopitar win the tiebreaker? I would argue that he should. Well, if you're basing it on regular season alone... You can't count playoffs. No, yes, you, you can. can. You can because the regular season yeah. gets you to the playoffs. You can't count their performance in the playoffs, but getting them to them. I think like goalies, you're judged on wins and losses, and those are regular season outcomes. I definitely think your team making the playoffs has your overall team has an effect on whether your individual performance is good enough for the heart. Yes. I think it should definitely be a factor. Mm. Yeah. You shouldn't just look at it in inside of a vacuum and be like, hey, this guy scored this many points. No, he's playing a sport, too. His team's got to win. I, uh, you, you know, what's what's been the strangest thing to me about the heart conversation is why so many people are so dug in. <laughs> like, it's a great year with so many genuine competitors for this award. Why are you yelling at anybody that they have an opinion that's different than yours? I don't think Conor McDavid should win the heart. 
But if someone were to come to me and go, Conor McDavid should win the heart, I go, cool. I now, get it. Is the reason Conor McDavid shouldn't win the heart because Edmonton's been so bad this year? Yeah. That you believe that. I mean, See, if they make the playoffs and he has and he leads the league with 103 points and he's got a 35 point lead on his that's, teammates. That's, that's my issue. That's my issue. It's I don't really if again, like I said in the arc, in the last couple episodes, I really don't give a fuck. But <laughs> no, I mean, if we're having this conversation, him making the playoffs or not making the playoffs is immaterial to me because there's really the the it's not. Hey, who's the most valuable guy on his team who also made the playoffs? That's not the award. Mm-hmm. It's most valuable to his team. Where are the Edmonton Oilers without Connor McDavid? Is there a team that a, falls a few further? spots lower? <laughs> is, there, is there a team that falls that becomes that much worse? Connor McDavid worse, and if that's the case, okay, fine. No, but they're already terrible. They are already terrible. But my, my so, point is, they'd have like forty points without him. Yeah, but no, like, no, they'd still be an NHL team. They'd still be competitive. They're already bad. So, like, you take away McDavid. I just don't see just how that doesn't make him still. the most valuable player to his team. Adam, you and I were terrible math students. Okay. Yes. A forty-nine. And a zero. It's all a fail. <laughs> yeah. Who cares? Uh-huh. You know, if you got 49 or a zero, it's, you got to get at least to 50. 50 is the pity pass. We all know that. I got that in grade 10 math. 51 is the real pass. Okay. Uh, so the fact that McDavid is taking his team from, what what do they got now? I don't know, 60-something points, whatever. The fact that he's, that they're there, but without him... My goodness! I mean, they'd they'd have forty four points or something. Who cares? They stink. Yeah, and and one of the things in this run, McDavid's led the league in um since February first. McDavid's had forty eight points, forty at even strength, and since February first, the Edmonton Oilers have been terrible. During this great run, yeah, like that other night when everybody was um going crazy about that goal he scored, they lost that game seven four. That's unbelievable. And didn't they blow a lead? Yeah, they were up, I think, 3-1 or something in the oh first. It was ridiculous. And, so, and that's the thing. Like, to me, the wording, you know, if the Hart Trophy is the Hart Trophy, then we need to stop calling it the MVP. Most valuable player? Because he's not, because the Hart Trophy is not the most valuable player. It's the most valuable player to his team. To me, your MVP should be your best player, like it is in every other Isn't sport. Isn't that the what the Ted Lindsay is for, though? What is the, what's the writing on that one? Ted Lindsay, I think, is just the best player as voted on by the players. It might be the most valuable player as voted on by the players, but, I mean... Okay, fine. It's then the it's the player. Ted Lindsay. Fine. Yeah. Um, I would weight the Ted Lindsay higher than the heart. So what's That's interesting... That's fair if you want to look at it You way. know what? Yeah. I, would, I think that Ted Lindsay, to me, especially from his peers... Way more important than the heart. So, That's an interesting point. Like, do NHL players give a crap what a bunch of bloggers and writers think? Like, I want to know that the other players in the league think I'm the best. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. the Ted Lindsay Award, formerly the Lester B. Pearson Award. Yep. Is that the same Pearson Airport guy? Yeah, he was the uh, Canadian Prime Minister. Prime Minister. Yeah. Why did they change that? They're so... Uh, this, this is the most NHL thing within, ever. Within the last 10 or 15 years. But Why? I don't know, they're just doing oh, it. Well, I guess you go from a uh, prime minister to a Lester hockey B. guy. Lester B. Pearson, it, look him up. He he was one of the negotiators in in a a world crisis that could have could have exploded in a world war. Three. How many, he goals, was the one, how many yeah. goals did he score? He didn't score any fucking goals. He just you know <laughs> saved the world from the brink in the fifties. Also, the there it is, there it is against oh. the Soviets, Adam. Um, was that the Soviets? You know what? Let's also change the, the name of the Stanley Cup because no one knows who he is. Wow! Right? Am the I right? Ted Lindsay and let's Award. make the Stanley Cup glow. That's right. <laughs> the Ted Lindsay Award 
is awarded annually to the National Hockey League's most outstanding player in the regular season as judged by the members of the National Hockey League Players Association. Most outstanding. Now, then that's 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 the award that matters to me. It is a companion to the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is awarded to the league's most valuable player as judged by members of the Professional Hockey Writers Association, President Mark Spector. Hmm. Vice President Chris Johnston. Is that a thing? Yeah. I no? believe so, yes. Hey, I think he just got that, too. I think that just happened. This year, yeah. I think they, like, cycle. They rotate. Um, now, this is interesting. Do you think part of the purpose of the heart is to generate conversation like this? Because if it were just best player every single year, Connor McDavid, barring injury, is going to win it 15 straight years. Well, it's just the thing, barring injury. Like, Look at Sidney Crosby. He's been if, injured. If we're talking Connor just, McDavid broke a coll- collarbone in his first season. How many more? Yep. Didn't and win he, the rookie of the year, I don't think. He, I think it was he Panarin. Would've. It was Panarin, yeah. It was Which, yeah, even like though 40-year-old Panarin. It, it should have been McDavid. And as I said, I said that back then. It should have been McDavid. Man, Panarin looks like he's in his prime. <laughs> you know? But um, how many more MVPs would LeBron have, for example, if it was just best player? I think it is best player, isn't it? In the NBA. I think it's MVP. It's MVP. But you can interpret it however you want. But any people given year, if you were to ask people who's the best basketball player in the world, they'd be like LeBron. Oh no! Mm-hmm. Oh, I mean, I mean, if you talk to Skip Bayless, it's anybody but LeBron. It's whoever's also good that year. If but it's not just LeBron. who's the best player, if it went to anybody other than Sidney Crosby mm-hmm. and Connor McDavid for the last like ten years, you've given it to the wrong person. Who's the better player, Kopitar or Crosby? I would nobody argue would, Crosby. Nobody but would it's argue. based on performance. But the award, season. so in a season, every year LeBron is the best player, but Russell Westbrook had a better performance that year. Yeah. So he gets the trophy. And James Harden might get it this year because he's had a great performance. Exactly. Um, the other thing I wanted to point out, a lot of people are saying Connor McDavid is the one being punished for, or if he is not voted for the heart, he'll be getting punished because the Oilers suck so much. Yeah. Well, okay, then the alternative is to punish Kopitar because the Oilers suck. You know what I mean? Mm. Where where would the Oilers be without McDavid? And that affects Kopitar how? I think the point is you're supposed to give it to the player that's most valuable to his team. You're not punishing Kopitar. You're punishing McDavid because his team sucks. And, it, and, now, and basically be, decisions that his general manager made. Let's be honest. Totally. I mean, like, totally. if the Oilers keep trading the best players on their team for lesser yeah. players, like they've been doing... Someone's getting jobbed here. But do you are you punishing Malkin because Crosby's on his team? Because Malkin's had a better year than Kopitar. Connor McDavid. But he's playing with Crosby. Connor so McDavid has had a better year than Anze Kopitar. Period. End of story. Connor McDavid would be the most. Win. He would be the most valuable player on his team on every team in the National Hockey League. But he's getting MVP consideration because his team is one of the worst. So the chasm Steve, is bigger. He would have been MVP. La- he won it last year, and they made the playoffs. That's why. But his numbers were a lot more far and ahead above everybody else last yeah, year. Yeah, wasn't this it year like it's close? Wasn't it like a hundred versus like seventy something? Yeah. Yeah, this year they're actually he wasn't leading. These other guys in the nineties, the scoring race until a week ago. I can't wait to read my mentions tomorrow. Just the tire fire of all of us. But um, everyone's oh. mad about this. Everyone it's poorly worded. I want to get rid of this. Worded. I want to get rid of it. 
until June. Yeah, I'm done. I don't care. Are we done? You know what? If if and when the regular season ends next week, we'll bring it up again. Yeah. <laughs> um, here's a so we gave you a a bad Mark Lazarus take. I think that was a bad take. I think we can all agree that's a bad take, right? It's a no. bad take. No. Those thirty games were not meaningless. No. I think it's a bad take. No, yeah, you can... But I can give 30 you... 30 games can change your life. Ask Andrew Hammond. <laughs> but I'm going to balance Mark Lazarus out here because Mark Lazarus is mostly good. And he's not just a, like he's, all of us, if, no you Scott can be, Foster. if you can be mostly good at life, then you're, you're set. Wow. And Mark Lazarus is beyond mostly good. And here's wow. a great tweet. And okay. Steve, you sent this one to the group. If Duncan Keith doesn't score a goal in the last four games of the season, he'll set the NHL record for the lowest non-zero shooting percentage dating back to 1959-1960... That's when the Leafs were still winning cups. When shots became an official stat, he currently sits at 0.5%. That is a great weird wow. stat. Very good weird stat. I like that as well as the uh, shutout assist. I, th- I think that might even be better. Non-zero shooting percentage. Yeah, you can shoot zero. If you score no goals, that's zero. It's amazing. Non-zero. That, that is a true sign that you just friggin' struggled. And <laughs> It was just impossible for you to score. And this is this is my favorite. Joel Quinville with a bemused look on his face. Colin uh, Delia is out. Scott Foster, uh, sorry, Delia is out. Scott Foster, the emergency goalie who played, <laughs> was it Wisconsin University or uh, uh, Western it, Michigan? Or, honestly, it doesn't matter. I think it's Western Michigan University. <laughs> I think so. 15 years ago is coming in. Holy shit, he stopped seven shots. Seven shots, and one of them was a pretty good one. One of them was a pretty good one. He stopped a Dustin Bufflin shot. He stopped a Patrick Line shot. There were 14 minutes left. Now, there was an interesting little thing. Tyler Myers, I think it was, took a blast on Scott Foster. And I couldn't tell if he held up or not. And he looked ashamed of himself when he made the save. And, of course, the United Center explodes. And everyone's like, oh, my God, he stopped Tyler Myers. Do you even feel proud if you score (laughs) on him? Hey, man, a goal's a goal. It's the NHL. It's the end of the season. You're fighting for number one in the division. Don't care. There don't was care. A game, I don't care who you start. There's only one other time I can think of an emergency goalie actually playing. It was Niagara Ice Dogs against the Erie Otters when the Erie Otters were bad. Bad. Really bad. How bad were they? Bad. <laughs> their, um, their backup goalie had to start. And they told one of their healthy scratch forwards, hey, just be ready in case someone gets hurt. Ramis Sadikov, the backup goalie, gets hurt in the first minute of the game. That's a name. Ramis Sadikov. So they got a call on, you think that's a name, Connor Crisp. They say, Connor, we need you to get your equipment on. So he comes out, he looks ridiculous in his goalie equipment because his jersey is not a goalie jersey. Mm -hmm. So it's just this like tight like tank top on all his goalie stuff. The Ice Dogs, who were really good that season, lit them up for 13 goals. <laughs> and if you look oh, at the, that's a little mean. Yeah, and if you look at the highlights, like I want to say they had like Ryan Strom. I want to say, did they have Dougie Hamilton? This was 2012. They were really good. Um, they scored, and they were like, this is ridiculous. Like they just wanted the game to be called. They just wanted it to be over. They didn't look like they felt proud about it at all. But you get stopped by him. Isn't it worse? Isn't it worse? That you stopped? That no, he stopped that you it? got stopped by I mean, a rent-a-goalie. I think it's just it is what it is. Might not even be the best goalie in his beer league. But hey, he stopped seven of seven NHL shots, man. His last That's competitive a great game. story. Last competitive game. He allowed three goals. 
He, and it was Western Michigan University. Three goals in a backup role. He went in for uh, another goalie. And relief. 2005. So it's been 13 years. I was in... Grade 11. The 11th grade. Yep. We talked about doing... The show podcast. back then. <laughs> Thank you, Scott Foster, for making it come full circle. Yep, there um, it is. Now, Jesse, you had a wow. take about Scott Foster. Because everybody's yeah. talking about what a great story this is. And I would say, yes, it is. And Ken Reed even used it as a great opportunity to promote his book. Guys that got in the NHL for like one game. One ga- Oh, my God. If he ever does a sequel, this has to be Oh, it. my gosh. I am excited to learn why Scott Foster is a sandwich. <laughs> He's jam. He's so, jam. This comes from a Finnish writer. He's uh, currently stationed in Helsinki, according to his uh, Twitter bio. Juha Hitala. If you, want, Do you know, that, him? is that how you say it? I don't know. Juha Hitala. It, yeah, I'm good luck, go with that. good luck pronouncing anything in Finnish. He's verified. He is a member of the PW PHWA. I think I follow him, but most of his stuff's in Finnish. And he tweeted this last night: Scott Foster is a great story, and good for him. But this just proves the fact that most goaltenders are overpaid and goalies are overrated when it comes to projecting team success. Well, Mark, you're off the hook. Uh, <laughs> that take <laughs> is a... Wow, right I, I just... that, You know what we need to start doing is, oh. first, <laughs> for the season, hottest takes... We need to do like a top five That's hottest scorching. takes over the course. That is a that He's typing kidding, hot. right? I don't like, think so. Did, well, did, can you did look the at the humor responses? get lost on me in print? <laughs> Everyone's someone lighting did the, up in the, the blinking comments. gif, and then someone's sarcasm. I hope he didn't reply to any of them. I hope that's sarcasm. So hopefully it's that sarcasm. Has to be. Well, okay, no. So he said something oh, he in did. Finnish. Can we translate it? All you goalies are spoiled, overrated okay. prima donnas. So I, maybe he's joking. I think he's maybe joking. He said something in Finnish that looked like. I think he said no Yoku. Maybe, no maybe, joking? Maybe Yoku <laughs> is joking or joke or Anyways, something. That is a... That was the hottest thing I saw yesterday. That is a spicy, like, ghost pepper burrito filled with Brussels sprouts and broccoli. Fart. Awful hot take, and I hope he's kidding. There's like no way he believes that. That is a top five worst take of the season. Yeah, like, there's that no way. Sucks. He can't believe that. No. He doesn't believe. It. I think he's kidding. But it's I, a good one. If he does, listen, if we find out that he does believe it, that is going to the top of the board of the hottest takes I've seen, not just this year, all time. And that includes all the hot takes I have myself. It won't be the Scoville scale anymore. It'll be the Hitala scale. The Scoville. Or, What's the Scoville it? scale? That's um, the spiciness of a pepper. Oh, spiciness of something. Okay. Yeah. All right. I thought Scoville was some writer that had a really bad take once, and that's been like an internet joke because that would be very funny. If there was I, actually like oh a scale God. of hot takes named after someone. Oh, you just gave me a great idea for a new character. Just Hank Scoville, <laughs> hockey's best hot takeist. Connor McDavid, worst player in the NHL. Mike Caldenum. He spells Caldenum. Call Mike Caldenum call B on the end. Yeah, Mike Caldenum. <laughs> Hank Scoville. <laughs> Can we start a Twitter account? Why Hank? Hank Scoville? Can we introduce him to Smart Why Insider Man? Scott Scoville. Yeah, that's going to be Scott. Because Scott's a dick. Shit. Right? Scott Wait, Scoville. Is Scott there it is. South, South Park. There's Scott, he's a Canadian. I just, Scott's a dick. I just wanted SC and SC. Scott oh. Scoville, Edmonton's <laughs> premier beat reporter. <laughs> Based in Edmonton, born in Vancouver. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 
I love it. I love it. Scott uh, Scoville. We're coming up with it. Okay. All right. I have another right. question. Yeah. Yes. If you guys could be the emergency replacement for any professional sport, what what do you think you'd excel at? Ooh, that's a good question. Not hockey goalie. Yeah, yeah. Do you think you'd just fill in for like ten minutes at the end of a game in some sport and do okay and not royally screw your team? Not die. I feel like we've had this conversation before. Like basketball, because I just wouldn't get hurt. Yeah, <laughs> but you wouldn't, like, you or your team would be down a man the entire time, and then you'd probably lose. That's fine. We're trying to not screw your team over. As a, as opposed to the other sports where they'd be great. Dodgeball. That's not that's a sport. Dodgeball. Sport. I am I'm a pretty good dodgeball player. <laughs> Fair. Okay. I'm a pretty good dodgeball player. Dragon boat for me then. <laughs> sport. Like, uh, not none of the major professional sports. No way. No. Like baseball, I would bunt. Like, but yeah, the, you can problem, sit in right field for like a couple innings. Sure, but here's <laughs> my fielding sucks. So mm. as long as no one hits it my way, I'm good. Like yeah. if it's all if it, if it's a right heavy team, I'm good. But you play dodgeball. You got a cannon, right? Like. Uh, yeah, but it's a little different. Like, mm. you're talking about, <laughs> you know, several you're right, meters that, You're difference. right, Adam. That's preposterous. <laughs> I think the difference between a pro baseball player and a nobody and a pro dodgeball player and a nobody is is a lot smaller. I want to see you on the Ocho. I think it'd be exciting. <laughs> That's right. It's big. Uh, <laughs> I was going to... No, I can't make that. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Are Hockey. Like, screw it. You know what? I blocked a, an NHL player's shot. In a scrimmage once. Are you weirdly good at, like, pool? Can you play a little billiards or something? Ping pong? You know what, what would you be? I'm really good you'd at be that, baseball, right? that cup game. Yeah, I could probably sit in the outfield, you play I triple think. H ba- or triple A yeah, but triple I H baseball. <laughs> triple Time H. to play the... No- <laughs> Time to play <laughs> the game! <laughs> spit that water. <laughs> I can't believe I remembered his theme song. I never remember anything. <laughs> Jesse coming up to Motorhead. He's just got a bunch of metal skulls. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, and in comes Shawn Michaels! <laughs> it's all about the game and contradicting! That's Jesse's modified version. Um, yeah, yeah, you know what, Jesse, you're, how far did you get in baseball? It's not, the, triple A. the question you got into I triple A. You. you got into triple no, A. No, 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 there's a reason I'm asking you this. How far oh did you gosh. get in baseball? Triple A. I was one level under OBA. So how much further... Did Scott Foster get in his hockey career than you got in your baseball career? Like you I didn't play university baseball. But you could have. I played but, high school baseball. But how Dude, far away is that? That's like another three years of baseball would have been. Because I didn't play in No, but you were, if you're playing AAA baseball, especially in Canada, you could make a, base, a university baseball team. Probably. Yeah. Like, Dude, like you're not far off. You can no, baseball no, Scott no. Foster. It's really not. Like no, anybody it's, that it's, played AAA anything, it's not that far. I think... I think we underrate how good athletes are. Mm, you're probably right. Oh, uh, yeah. You, yeah, non-athlete Jesse over here. No, but <laughs> six foot four, athletic build, probably but moves like a gazelle on the field. Every time the Olympics come on, everyone's like, we should have a regular person do all of the stuff along we with should. the Olympians. And I think we need to do that one day. Because Context. They're so good, and I think we underrate them because we see them on TV and they make it look easy. Remember when we went to Pursuit? That like obstacle course place, <laughs> yes. and there was this half pipe that you got to like run up and like jump and grab something and pull yourself up it to get to the top. And I like sprint at this thing and I run up the wall and I grab it and I'm like, ah, I did it! And Jesse just walked up. <laughs> he just walked. Because we're different humans. Weird. Yeah. And like, like I'm shoot. not gonna sit here and fool myself and say I could fill in for an inning in a baseball game because no, that guy's. You just said to me you could sit right Foster. field. 
Yeah, but that's doing, different. That's hiding. Scott Foster <laughs> was doing someone's taxes like three or four hours before playing in an NHL game. Scott Foster should win the Vesna. I agree. That was another interesting thing I looked up, actually, <laughs> and I would love Mark Lazarus to maybe look up this crazy stat. How many goalies have played in an NHL game, at least one NHL game, and actually faced at least one NHL shot and stopped them all? And that was their entire career. How many goalies in their NHL career faced NHL shots and never allowed an NHL goal? I tried to look it up on NHL.com yesterday, and it's <laughs> difficult to look up because it's NHL.com. Also, oh, because funny. I don't think they always tracked shots, but I think it was at least 32 goalies in oh. NHL history. Oh, okay. I thought it was going to be like two. No, Well, yeah, but uh, you know what? A lot of them didn't face as many shots as he did. He faced seven shots. Know. Like a lot of these guys, you know, they come in, you know, face one, and then they never two. play again. Yeah, he faced seven, seven shots against one of the most potent offenses in the league, and they were losing. Should the Jets be embarrassed? A little bit. That they had fourteen minutes to score a goal on an accountant, and they couldn't. They should be more embarrassed that they had fourteen minutes to score on an accountant, and they only mustered half a shot per minute. They got seven shots in 14 minutes. Are you kidding me? Do you think me? they let up a little? Because I mean, no, probably I don't think so. They knew they weren't going to come I, back. I it think was if you're an NHL player, it? you don't let up. And if you no. do, then you are making him. I just wouldn't. I just wouldn't. If he's going to dress, put the pads on. How sad of a story would that have been if they come back and completely light him up? Yeah. They score like eight <laughs> goals on him. No, because really they can't. score and then they drop the gloves and give him the double fuck you. <laughs> double fuck <laughs> like, yeah. It's like the South Park so mean. We are the champions. <laughs> they just like cheer Scott over Scott Foster is, is Stan, though, in the hockey episode. Scott Foster. <laughs> and now he's about to find out <laughs> being a goalie. <laughs> Isn't so easy. Scott Foster in saved. Coming to a theater it's near good. you. It's good. I thought so. Well, I just I I, I have this thing. Of Scott Foster, a glove story. Sorry. Oh wow, you came up with that on the fly. That's amazing. Yeah. No, the reason I I think that you know dro- dropping the double uh, middle finger would be hilarious is because it's just like let's pile on let's pile on the new guy. <laughs> Scored yeah. eight um, goals. Patrick Line with an NHL record <laughs> ten goals. He breaks Daryl Sittler's record just in goals. Um, all right. What do we know about the NHL when it comes to speaking? Oh, they always make the right decisions. Very forward thinking. Well, not, the, and not necessarily never the league. anything regrettable. Never, never anything regrettable. No. Not necessarily the league. I'm talking about uh, even players and that sort of thing. What do we know? Oh, they're boring. Sure. Generally speaking, what happens when they're not? It's great and wonderful. And we talk about it on this show. Huh? What happens to them? Oh, what happened? Do oh, good things happen? They get yelled at. See. I thought you were about to go with Scott Foster after the game and all his quick little quips he had with the, with the media. It just dawned on me that you're probably talking about Josh Hosang. There it is. There it is. Arthur Staple. Oh, boy. The Athletic. Oh. Why, why did I grunt at that? Oh. Oh. $2 a month. You grunted, oh. you grunted the same way that you would grunted about Connor McDavid with Arthur. Poor Arthur Staple. Oh. No, it was. this is a great article. Arthur Staple is a uh, stapler. That's <laughs> 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 not good. It's so bad. I just remember this. Rob Schneider. Um, okay. <laughs> back away from South Park. Back to Josh Hosang for a second. 
Josh Hosang with the most fire Twitter account in the NHL. Um, <laughs> here's here's what he said. I couldn't. I was trying to think of something better than a stapler. I'm going to read what Arthur Staples said because I think it's perfect. Okay. It starts. It starts with this. Josh Hosang has some things he wants to say. Oh boy. Now that is a good opening line. It's not quite Rosie Demano. No. But <laughs> it's pretty good. Who? <laughs> what would Rosie Demano say? <laughs> Um, what wh- the fuck is this guy's deal? <laughs> <laughs> a column by Rosie well, DeMello. I think it, it would be a little bit more inflammatory for sure. It'd be like, uh, yeah, I, we'll get into Mike it. Mike Homlum. <laughs> All right. You know, something's great when it starts with, I love those guys. And ends, and then in the middle it goes, but. And this is important. But is a very important word in this particular sentence as well. So what do we know about the word but? Nothing All that matters that, is what comes after. That's it. right. And it is like the fourth or fifth word? <laughs> well, it's a it's a sentence in. Oh, okay. I love those guys. I want to make that clear. That's when you know trouble's coming. Oh. That's when you know trouble. If it, like if if Capri says to me, listen, I love you. I want to make that clear. I'm like, what's happening? What's wrong? I'm happy to All be right. your wife. What's the but? <laughs> I know they're working hard, but I got sent but and here's where it starts. I got sent down for defense. And what are they in goals in the NHL? I played only 22 games up there this year. I don't think it's my fault. They really painted it like it was my fault at the beginning of the year, and I didn't like that. I do have some things I need to work on down here. My game is far from perfect. It can constantly improve. But I do think a lot of stuff was unwarranted, especially in terms of the rope that, they've, that other people were given. I understand I have a history, and that might be a factor. I don't know. But it's frustrating to me. That's the opening quote. Now, to give you an idea... Josh Hosang in, in uh, 22 games this year had 12 points. And 12 of those points came in the first 16 games of the year. He, I remember him being hot. He was. So, you know, he maybe went six games without a point after that. Um, we're barely three weeks into the season, and he's out. Uh, uh, sorry, he was sent not three weeks into the season, three months into the season. December 15, he was sent down. I'd like to know what the record has been since Josh Hosang got sent down. <laughs> and here's what Arthur Staples says in the article. And he's seen forwards with lesser offensive abilities get called up in the meantime, and in the case of Tanner Fritz, even get the coveted spot on John Tavares' wing for a couple games. The Islanders were 17-12-3 when Hosang was sent down for good. They're 15-23-7 since. Woo! Last season, the Isles were 29-22-10 when he was up. And went 12, 7, and 2. Uh, sorry, the Isles were 29, 22, and 10 when he was called up, as in that's where they stood. Okay. And then when he was called up, when he was in the lineup, they went 12, 7, and 2. Great. On top of that. Great. Oh, boy. He says, I feel like I can, hel- I-, I can help, you know? I feel like I can help. When I've gotten the chance to help, I've helped. So I don't know. So I don't know. I don't feel like what I'm saying is so far fetched. I played at two pretty tough times of the year. Uh, I wasn't there in the middle of the season when everybody's dragging a little bit. I was there at the start of the season when everyone's fresh off their workouts, and I played at the end of last year when everyone was trying to make the playoffs. I feel like I've played games of substance and I've done well. More importantly, the team's done well with me there. If you're going to tell me that I'm bad defensively, I do this, I do that, but you win more than you lose with me in the lineup, dot, dot, dot. Now, here's the... uh the double-edged sword, or I guess the dichotomy, point out a single wrong thing he said. Well... Is he wrong? Anywhere there? Anywhere? I, I don't... 
Nah. I don't think so. Nah. He got it. He's right. In what universe is it helpful to say any of those things? At what point is it beneficial for him? Is it beneficial for the team? Is it beneficial for anybody in the organization? Is it beneficial for the fans? Who's benefiting here? I think the only benefit here is he got the blow-off steam. Because what's going to happen now? Well, maybe he's pointing out a, a thing that needs to be pointed out, which is maybe they did make a mistake. Good for you, Josh. The word is. Oh, yeah. Now, here, the, 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 thing, the word on him was he's bad defensively. Okay. Well, so is Alexander Ovechkin. And I'm not saying Joshua says <laughs> Alexander Ovechkin. Adam. But Don't do I'm that. I'm not. But, like, okay. Adam there just are, said Josh Hosang <laughs> is as good as so Alexander is Ovechkin. James Van Riemsdyk, <laughs> bad on defense. Hey. He's got 35 goals, and everybody's talking about let's give him a seven year deal at six million bucks. No, Marlo got his money. We can't do well, that. Well, mm. we're getting to that today. <laughs> we're getting to that nonsense today. But here's the thing not everybody's good at defense. Well, and also, the Islanders, I think, I still go back to the Steven Stamkos quote from years ago, and he said he spoke to Guy Boucher when Guy Boucher was head coach of the Lightning. Uh, work on your strengths eighty percent of your time, or eighty percent of the time, and work on your uh, weaknesses the rest of the time. Because your strengths are what make you special. Now, some of you might disagree with that. In fact, sometimes I think about that and I go, I don't know. But the Islanders, who are a potent offensive team, could genuinely be like the Leafs at the beginning of the season, where we just eight five and seven six and whatever. Imagine a lineup with Tavares. Uh, Eberly, Barzal, Beauvillier, and who's on the top line with Tavares? Josh Bailey. Uh, Tanner Fritz, no. Oh yeah, because Josh Bailey's out, I guess. And Anders Lee. So your your <laughs> top two lines would be Anders Lee, John Tavares, Josh Bailey, Anthony Beauvillier, Matthew Barzal, uh, Jordan Eberly, and then you would have Josh Hosang in your bottom six somewhere. Who you'd probably along throw with? In. Boy, do they have a lot of injuries, or are they just not very good? Do they have any defense? Uh, their defense tonight, the Leafs are playing the Islanders tonight. We yeah. just can't watch it. Uh, Nick Letty, Johnny Boychuk, Thomas Hickey, Ryan Pollock, and Brandon Davidson, who they acquired in a trade, and Adam Pellick. And Calvin and DeHaan's Calvin, out. Yeah, Calvin DeHaan's mm. out. That's, honestly, that's not awful. Unless Johnny Boychuk's taking a step back. No, it's not the greatest, but like, how much, is it staggeringly worse than the Leafs? I'll take the Leafs, but is it crazily worse? I think it's a little less balanced. I think the Leafs' strength is the four lines. The Leafs have a goalie. Yeah, the Leafs <laughs> Are have a goalie. the Islanders better with Josh Hosang? Yes. Yes. Yeah. And here's so here's then a, maybe Adams right and he's saying a thing that should be said. <gasps> so here's yes, your but, hold on. Let me let me just throw this at you too okay. before you go any further because Doug Waite said something in January and he responded today and I think there are important quotes to add to this story. Okay. Yes. So in January. Doug Waite told, or Doug, Doug Waite, yeah, Doug Waite, told Newsday, <laughs> it was a crying shame that Hosang wasn't recalled to play on Tavares' line when Josh Bailey missed two weeks with an injury. Mm. He said, we had six guys out, it was the perfect opportunity, and Josh should be upset with himself. Whether our view of the world is wrong is something we can argue later, but the fact is, we need to be able to look at how some guys are laying it on the line in Bridgeport, and he's a healthy scratch. Now, important to note. He was a healthy scratch in Bridgeport? I guess he was. In no. the AHL? Yeah, so I that guess they were. something. Th- 
That's an AHL rookie thing. That's not a he's he's well he got, he got drafted in William Nylander's draft. Right. So here's here, let's just for a second give me let me read his stat line to you. He, yeah, yeah. In 40 it's interesting because he's 22 games in the NHL he had 12 points. 41 games in Bridgeport he's got 26. So that's not that's Should not great. Now so there is obviously something going on off the ice here. Mm-hmm. And there's obviously something they don't want to talk about. But Doug Waite then responded today to the co- comments that he said, and I'm, I'm just going to read these so we can take from it what we will, because I think it kind of completes the story. He said, um, Waite's full statement to the media says, I did see his comments. People are emotional. It's a game where a lot of people don't speak to the media like Josh does. It's free country, that's for sure, but it doesn't bring a brush out of me to paint him with uh, or to knock him down in our organization. We want Josh to be successful. Of course they do. I've always liked him. You look at that, and I think some things in the article are a natural reaction, a defensive reaction. Uh, sorry, look at some things in the article. A nat- See, this is what's really hard, is that when you don't have the actual <laughs> audio, it's hard to read what pe- some people say sometimes because it's a little bit off. Yeah. But basically, um, a, I'm not judging. the natural reaction, a defensive reaction, is to tell him to look in the mirror. Look at his production, look at what he's done, and the other reaction should be from us. We should look in the mirror. We should learn... Uh, we should. We should learn from these events and look through them, and more importantly, we should discuss them with him. Other than uh, discuss them in front of the cameras, and we will do that. Uh, sorry, other yeah, see, see what I mean? Yes. Uh, for sure, it's eye-opening, and it's an emotional thing for him. He wants to be in the NHL, and that's where we want him. We, never, we have never singled him out in, in that fashion. Well, you kind of did in your actions. There's plenty of other things that have occurred over the time uh, that are different than that for a lot of players. Every player has his own challenges, and we and we go forward. There's frustration, and I'm glad he hopefully got it got this off his chest. But now we need to move forward, and we have to do that face to face. That's the last I want to discuss it. I, I skipped a bunch of stuff in there. There's a lot of stuff. And that's Doug Wade too. Yeah, I you, mean, do you want to have a heart to heart with Doug Wade? I don't know. I don't know. mind. Well, I mean, he's your head coach. I, the, I think the no, thing I know is, he's just a scary looking man. That's all. Whatever. I mean, listen, Josh Hosang had, I'm not really sure other than, you know, I don't know what's been confirmed about what's gone on off the ice with him, but I do know he slept in for training camp in 2015, 2016, and they sent him away Which right was away. years ago. Yeah. But. So, if, you know, okay. I, like, I, I'm trying to figure out, I'm trying to balance what, what other like reputation. He sounds like an immature 21-year-old who needs to grow up, and yeah. he probably shouldn't have been running his mouth then, because he just seems like he's not ready for the NHL, and his managers know that and they're keeping him there for a reason so it's his skill that's ready but his mind that's not it to seems me, that's like that's what it sounds like maybe now here's where it becomes a problem this has been going on for years so like hockey canada like didn't like the kid didn't yeah like i remember him. i remember that, that was a big thing so he was left off the canadian world junior roster and everyone was up in arms and i think the team sucked that year i can't remember or they won gold i don't remember um d- doesn't matter he got left off the team yeah, I remember they couldn't score. I think they couldn't score. That was the year they couldn't score. Maybe. And everyone was going to bat for him, and I joined in, and I was going to bat for him. I was looking at his numbers, comparing them to his peers, and just going, what the hell is going on here? Like, why are they holding this personal grudge against this kid? Because, like, I, I don't know, I guess he was uncooperative or something when they, I feel like there was a training camp for, like, the under-16s or the under-17s or something like that. So when it when it came a few years down the line, they're like, we, we just don't want to deal with him. I got a DM from someone <clears throat> someone within the OHL, and they're like, there are players worth going to bat for. That is not one of them. Like, this kid's got, he's a pain in the ass. So, But is it that he's a pain in the ass, 
which many NHL players are. Sure. Yeah. And listen, let's good ones, the, good ones, <laughs> mostly good ones. Good ones. <laughs> it's the bad ones that can't be a pain in the ass because you won't be in the league. Hmm. But if you're a good NHL player, there are plenty of pain in the ass NHLers that you've never heard of, or you've never mm-hmm. heard of being a pain in the ass. Man, there are some baseball players on the Blue Jays in previous seasons that we we found out stuff about around here, and oh, I yeah. found out stuff around BT. That Tom are, Brady won't eat tomatoes. That are heroes. That's in a the pain city. in the ass. Yeah, but well, they're heroes in the city, balls. but they they can be a holes. Yep. Yep. I wonder is is whatever's going on with him personally. Is it him? Just is he difficult? Is he high maintenance or is he a problem? Because there's a difference. High maintenance is one thing. Are we talking selfish? Are we talking egotistical? What are we talking here? And that would be my, I don't, I don't think we can answer that question here today. But it is very interesting. No, it would be impossible unless we knew him personally. Yeah, so. I'm, I'm just looking at his numbers here on the Bridgeport Sound Tigers. He's sixth in scoring. Um, he's played far fewer games than most of the guys ahead of him, except for Tanner Fritz, who you mentioned who got the call up with Tavares? I had never heard of him, but in thirty-seven games, or sorry, in thirty-three games, the twenty-six-year-old has thirty-seven points. So that's really good. But in terms of points per game, in out of forwards, he appears to be second. Just glancing at it with my eye, uh, Devin. T- no, he's a defenseman. They got some good defensemen. Um, it seems to me, you know, even though his numbers don't jump off the page at you, maybe the Sound Tigers just aren't that great at scoring goals. They don't have the greatest offense, and it's hard to get one player to carry your whole team unless you're Enzo Kopitar or Connor McDavid. See mm-hmm. what we did there, And folks? it suffered a score in the AHL as well. So I'm, I'm not going to judge him too much based on the numbers, but I just I look at the quote. I look at the quote, and I'm on his side. I get it. You're right. The Islanders are a better team with you, Josh. Mm-hmm. What was the goal? Like, do you think the Islanders are going to be like, you know what? He said something. <laughs> Let's call him up now. You well, know what? Gosh, they have Gar- had like, Gar Snow doesn't do anything anyway. Like, what? What? What do you? What do you think? Because you mouthed off. Now he's going to Gar Snow is going to mm. like awake for who disturbed my slumber? <laughs> Friggin', <laughs> I wonder. <laughs> call Steve, you up? What's the illusion? Is it possible that with the snow must go stuff going on that? There was an opportunity there to add a little pressure. You see, so you think he's being opportunistic. I'm well, not saying he. I'm. I'm. I'm it was. I, it's a theory. It's. I'm not yeah. saying that he did. I don't. I don't Even know. in that case, he comes off looking like petty. You, you well, know? I mean, is it power politics thing, right? Ugh, you don't want to be playing that in public yeah. when you're when not these in the NHL. Control your future, man. John Tavares has that kind of clout. Like <sighs> young John Tavares has that kind of clout. You are Josh Hosang, man. You were a, like, fringe first-rounder. Probably should have gone higher than you did, to be honest, but I don't know. Well, it was I a just... character thing, again, that they that they named at the draft, and, and actually Garth Snow at the draft said, um, uh, he, well, sh- you know, they said he doesn't really fit in. Like, he may not fit into your team culture, and he's like, well, shit. No, and this is what he said on the draft floor. Well, shit, I don't fit in. People always tell me how I'm an outsider. Well, and he wore equipment and made him look like a transformer. But, no, Hosang was drafted... Like, the Islanders were not wrong to draft Josh Hosang. No. He, was, he was worth the risk no matter what because uh, his skill set was there. His skill set is clearly still there. Um, I just, I don't see, I don't see the point of saying that. I'm not going to condemn him for saying it necessarily because we talk about how hockey players are boring and, gosh, I wish they said more. But in this case, like, if you're a Josh Hosang fan, I think you should maybe 
wish that he didn't say these things. Unless, hey, we look back on this in two, three years, maybe even next year, and we go, and that was what turned it all around. He joined the Islanders, and he became Tavares' new winger, and he threw up 60, 70 points on his wing and became a millionaire. Hmm. I don't know, but I just, I just, you're not going to force anyone's hand, and I don't think you're going to open anyone's eyes. I, I don't know what the benefit was for him. That's all. Do you guys want to play a quick game of, is it Josh Hosang or Jaden Smith? Yes. Oh, let's do yes. it. We haven't done this in a while. I forgot and by the way, about we'll, this game. While we're on the Islanders, I've got some stuff about them, but we'll get to it in a sec. What's the score? Uh, it's 2-1 to one Islanders right now. No! I gotta do the video. It looked like JVR had scored, but they corrected, and it's Nazem Kadri with his 31st. Oh, and it was yeah. all a Mitch Marner play, by the way. Of, I, he may not thing. be credited with an assist on it, but it was a Mitch Marner play. <laughs> Alright. Tweet one. Love is like a fart. If you have to force it, it's probably poop. First off, you Google that. You dick. So that's Josh Hosang for sure. I think Jaden Smith. Nah. No, J- Jaden Smith makes up his own. He, for sure. Josh Hosang gets it from, like, just girly things on Tumblr. Oh, Yeah, like so it's definitely Josh Hosang. No, I think, I th- I'm going to say Jaden Smith. Adam is very correct. It's wow. Josh Hosang. He Googles this stuff, for sure. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay. Number two. Why is there a pyramid with an all-seeing eye on the dollar bill? Hmm. I'm going to say, oh. See, I'm so sure that it's Jaden Smith that I'm going to say Josh Hosang. See, I'm going to say it's Jaden Smith because he likes to ask really ridiculous questions and just a bunch of people respond and go, King, 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 Crown, King, Crown. <laughs> Doesn't done anything. So who's your answer, Steve? I'm going to say Josh Hosang because, you know, he's in the minors. You know, he's probably looking at like... Illuminati like are keeping a, like, me out of the like, NHL. Yeah, like a few dollar bills he left on a counter for like a tip in Bridgeport or one of the other many AHL towns, and he was just like, why is there an all-seeing eye on this? I'm going to say Josh Hosang. Adam? I'm going to say Jaden Smith. Adam is correct. Ah, Adam is two for two. Steve is over two. Final question. I only know this because I follow them both. Final question. Why be moody when you can shake your booty? Oh, Josh Hosang. Is that Hosang or Jaden Smith? I think it's Hosang. It is Hosang. Ah, there you go. (laughs) Well done, Adam. Three for three. Hey, combined, we're four for six. (laughs) (laughs) And therefore, because I'm dragging him down, Adam should win the heart. And the Leafs are, um, the Leafs are tied, by the way. Zaitsev just scored from Matthews. No way! Yeah, so here's, uh, here's what Elliot Friedman and Bob McKenzie. That was insulting, Nikita, I'm sorry. Arguably the two best insiders on the planet when it comes to the NHL. Here's what they had to say, each of their takes on the Tavares situation. Starting with Elliot Friedman. I think Tavares was disappointed that they didn't make the moves make moves at the deadline, but I think the organization will tell him that they felt handcuffed, that they didn't know what he was gonna do, and that he had to keep and they sorry, and that they had to keep their assets. Mm, if John good. blame him. That's that'll work. Yes. <laughs> Look, if John leaves, they're gonna need those two first rounders and both lo- and they're both lottery picks. And I think it's gonna be a difficult conversation. The rumor around hockey is that he's not happy with the way everything was handled. But until John Tavares says it for himself, we're all guessing. But there is a but there is certainly a feeling that it's less optimistic for him than before. However, I've learned over the years, until an athlete speaks for himself or the agent comes right out and says it, you're still guessing. I'm sure the Islanders are gonna uh, are going uh, going to him. I'm sure the Islanders are going to go to him and say, John, what do we have to do to make this work? 
Well, they better. <laughs> I mean, what what else are they going to do? John, you've already had at least one major injury. Life is short. Your career is even shorter. Come to Toronto. Come win a cup. Bob Let's McKenzie. Go. Let's go, baby. Bob McKenzie. Let's go. Come on. Fire it up. Why are you laughing at me? Bobby Margaritas McKenzie. My sense he won't of it, laugh at me. My Sorry. sense of it is that it's uh, more likely than not that he's going to market. Now that's Ooh. different. That's my sense, and I think a lot of people feel that right now. St. Now, Lawrence market. If you're a New York Islanders fan and you're predisposed, uh, you're, now if you're a New York Islanders fan, you're predisposed not to want to think like that, and you get angry if anybody like myself suggests that that's a possibility. That's to keep his Twitter mentions down. Of course, it is a possibility, and whether it happens or not remains to be seen. But I don't know. It's just the sense this year that they've had. Sorry, but just the sense that this year that they've had has not been a great year. It's not been a great year on the ice, and they're not trending in the right directions in terms of teams you want to hit your wagon to for seven or eight years. Mm. Now, that might change with those lottery Mm -hmm. picks, man. I bet John Tavares makes his decision based on where they draft. I would. If they got Rasmus Dahlin, I'm like, okay, He's not making a decision until, like, July 5th. You know, why? Why would you? Why? <laughs> well, he could make a decision because they've got that funny week now, like the NBA, right? Where you yeah. can talk to them. So, I mean, he could. That's right. That's right. But and I think I would I think that's out. because they don't want it to drag out. Mm. Like, all right, let's 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 get this all over with. Um, if you're the Islanders hmm. and you haven't got an answer from them, do you do any different? Because I don't. I got two first-round picks. They, uh, that are both going to be lottery picks? So Yeah, that, that was the sticking point to me. Well, they're both lottery picks. Well, if you trade one of them for a better player, uh, it's probably not. You think the Islanders pick is a lottery p- uh, pick if they spend a first on anything that helps them stop a puck? Probably not. Right, and at that point, the playoffs. that's true. And at that point, the Flames were, well, I think, close to or well in the playoffs. And then you would have you had a playoff team and a lottery pick. One, but you would have made the playoffs, and you have a much better chance of keeping your captain, John Tavares. I, the, the Islanders had the chips, man. They had the chips. They went out and got Brandon Davidson. I don't get it. I think they should have been a little more adventurous. They're not in the worst spot in the world. Tavares is in literally the best spot in the world. Free agent can go wherever he wants, and his options include his own team, Mm-hmm. He's the captain. He's made a life for himself, and they got two lottery picks. Could potentially get the first and second overall picks. By the way, I was tweeting about the lottery yesterday, and people were sending me screen grabs of, hey, look, I tried it, and the Islanders got both the first and second overall That's picks. That's amazing. I have a question. Do you, I don't know if blame is the right word. Okay. But is there a criticism there for Islanders management for letting it get to this point? For letting it... Oh, John Tavares so. reach free agency. Shouldn't you have signed him th- two years ago? Well, you, I think you, well, can't you can't sign two. him. You can't do that. One, you, they could have signed him July, July 1st. But the problem was, year. and they could have worked out a deal under the table and then said, okay, on July 1st, this is legally when we're allowed to sign you to this. But I think John Tavares looked at the situation and said, I don't know if I want to stay here. Remember their goaltending situation last year? Mm-hmm. With Grice and Halak and Barube? Yeah. And, and, you know, and they did nothing to really fix it. Well, the difference was Grice went from a pretty decent goaltender to one of the worst in the league, which I don't think will be repeated. Um, I mean, what, if I were John, uh, if you were John Tavares, mm-hmm. think about this. And, and, and if you're listening to the show, think about if you're John Tavares, tell me why you would sign that contract, no matter what they offered you. 
I think if you're John Tavares and they come at you with $12 million for eight years, you sign it. Well, you could. And you could be stuck in purgatory, which they've been for the last 12 years. Mm-hmm. Adam, you're a good negotiator. Mm-hmm. I approach you about something. Who immediately has the upper hand? I do. Exactly. So if the Islanders go to him, hey, John. Well, he's got it anyway. He's got the upper hand. He's John Tavares. Well, now you're giving him even more of one. And this is the one time in a player's in a player's thing. Like, I mean, he gave them a sweet deal at $6 million bucks. Oh, my God. Or is it five-something? Yeah. No, uh, like five, seven, five or something. Yeah. It's, like one of the most John, staggering contracts. John Tavares, five point five. Oh. <laughs> Outrageous! Outrageous! He owes the Islanders nothing. He's given them nothing but great play, and nothing but a fantastic contract. And what have they done with that? Do you think Lou would ever let Matthews get close to free agency? No, no. But I also think that Lou and I bet Kyle Dubas in the summer, by the way, that he signs. Um, Kyle Dubas, Lou, whatever whoever the general manager is, the thing with that group is that they've got a great team around them too. And the Islanders had, what was it, a five or six-year deal with Tavares? Mm-hmm. What have they done with it? <laughs> and, 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 if I, and if they said, if they came to me, if you're Garth Snow and you come to me and you say, here's 12 million bucks, which I'm sure they did, by the way. I'm sure they just said, what the, what's the number, man? Why would, at, at that point, you go, okay, well, if he's offering that, even if it is for eight years and the other teams can only sign me for seven, who cares? Mm-hmm. Where else can I go? And if you go to a hockey market, and, I, and it's not to say New York is not. It is a hockey market. But not let's King. not pretend it's, it's third, fourth place. Yankees, Jets, Giants, uh, Mets. Uh, like They're not even the most popular blue and orange team in the region. The, yeah, <laughs> They're not even the most po- popular hockey team in the region. No. You got the, you got the <laughs> devil to the Rangers right there. Yeah. And, and you don't even have an arena. Like Where, where's your, where are you going to play? You're going to go back to Nassau? It looks like they might. For half the season. Oh my god! And the other <laughs> half, they're going to be with seats that can't see the full... You can't see the goal. Getting, getting to and from the practice rink is apparently a pain in the ass. Like, dude, I'm one of the best hockey players in the world. You guys are right. I'm rich. Do I need this shit? You don't All need I want to do is play hockey and win games. Mm-hmm. And you can't put any good wingers on... Like, okay, you look at okay, John Tavares, if he comes to Toronto, for instance... Fine. If, 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 if that's too Toronto-centric for everybody... I goes, didn't say that, Adam. I think you just let's did. Let's say he goes to Montreal, who definitely does have the cap space, right? Oh, yeah. Montreal is going to have the cap space. If Vancouver loses the Sedines, which we'll get to later in the episode, they will have the cap space. There's lots of places he can go. Yeah. Oh, and I bet you Jim Benning's going to be right in there like a dirty shirt. You can play with Eric Goodbranson, sir. No, that's not what I was laughing at. Oh. I was just laughing at the Canadians basically bet the farm on Tavares signing with them. If he signs with the Leafs, Jeff Molson has to fire Bergevin into the sun. Like, is there something more than fired? He's got a power bomb get through Stasny. a flaming if, table. If they, if, they don't, if they don't get Tavares, they'll get Stasny. They'll just throw all the money at Stasny. They will. Jeff, I present to you an Acura cake. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted a Lamborghini cake. I wanted cake. a Ferrari cake. <laughs> Tavares is a Ferrari cake. Don't go out and go, well, we got the Acura cake with Listen, Paul Stastny. If, if, we get, if we get the Acura cake on the Leafs this year, I will be happy because then There's we'll have no an Acura. Because we, we already have He's a Ferrari He's better than cake. an Acura. But is there... Like even a point one percent chance the Leafs get Tavares. Like yeah, yeah, I think totally. absolutely. absolutely. I think so. No, dude, 
Yeah. No. Dude, he's already used to sell coconut water in the city. Like, he could get whatever endorsement Dude, and, and, he wants. And that's the How thing. do we sign anybody? If you're, if you're Tavares, Easy. we have Nylander, Marner, Matthews. You can do it. You, you can, can do easily it. do it. You can do it at 11 million bucks, too. Here's what you sell them on. If you're the Leafs, you sell them on the endorsements. Because not only, not only are so you... winning. Yeah, you sell them on winning, you sell them on endorsements. So here's the deal. And, and you can do this in New York, too. But if you make the Leafs X amount of successful... Like, forget winning a Stanley Cup. Guys that made the third round 25 years ago in a Leafs jersey are still making hundreds of thousands of dollars every year on commercials. Wendell Clark, Doug Gilmore just shot a commercial recreating a play that Doug Gilmore pulled in the playoffs against St. Louis. In the second round. 25 years ago. Doug Gilmore was a Leaf four and a half years is we already made that pitch, and the dude said, I'm staying in Florida. Well, that's okay, and that's fair. With the lightning. Yeah. With the li- weren't they just coming off a cup final? No, they're coming off uh, missing the playoffs. No, they weren't. They were coming off a cup final. What year they was They missed this? the playoffs last year. This was two years oh, ago. Oh, yeah. Two it would have been, been, yeah. been two summers. Yeah, yeah, you're right, you're right. Come on. And at, the, at that point, the Leafs were like, we have the first round pick. We have Matthews. Uh, we didn't, like, nobody pick. knew the Leafs were going to be good. No, yeah, they didn't so. even have Anderson. Oh, no, did they have Anderson yet? Yeah, they just got him. They Nobody knew Anderson mm-hmm. was going to be that good. No. And, and so it was kind of like, well, they'll, make the, they'll miss the playoffs the first year. But, Steven. Yeah. So I, I'm pushing this out of my mind because playoffs, and I'm really excited about that. But the, uh, the John Tavares gremlin in my head is getting restless. He's getting noisy and rambunctious Me in too. my head, and he's starting to bump <laughs> into the walls and bang on the door. I like how optimistic you guys are. I it's think, fun. I think there's a chance. I think there's for sure a chance. More than point one. <laughs> um, and There's a chance. But I, th- I mean, you could say that about any NHL team, but I, I really genuinely believe that there is... I mean, I think the Leafs gremlin is, is stirring in his soul a little bit. I think he's thought about it. I know he's thought well, about it. Well, there was that silly rumor, and I don't know how much validity there was to it, years ago, that he was going <laughs> to, remember this, he was going to forego the draft. So he just wasn't going to get drafted in 2009, uh, where he went first overall. And instead, he was going to play two years on an AHL contract with the Toronto Marlies, and then signed an NHL deal with the Leafs. Okay. Because that's how he would have had to do it legally. I don't think there was any validity to that, but Johnny, come win a cup, man. You push them over the top, no problem. Oh, my God. You you put them in striking distance. It's a tough league. It's hard to win. You got a good shot, man. You got a good shot. They can pay you. Mm-hmm. They can pay you decently. And they can, and Not as much as others. No. They can pay you. And, and here's the, that's the thing, though. It isn't really... In this city, and in many Canadian cities, it's not really about what the NHL team itself is paying you. What are your deals? How, Jesse, you told me once oh, about... You get paid in Montreal, what, though. Oh, for sure. But, but yeah. no, no, it's not really about that, though. What did you tell me about how much money LeBron James for forewent when he didn't go to the Knicks? They, um, didn't they have put a number on that? Was it $50 million in endorsements? Yeah, I forget. I forget the actual number, but yeah, it was something. I think it was hundred million, and, and it was like over a couple seasons. Yeah, yeah. If, now if it was a LeBron round James number. went on to sign a billion dollar deal with Nike for the rest yeah. of his life, so he's gonna be fine. It's different. Yeah, like there are just things uh, LeBron can have that no hockey player on earth can have. Right, but my point is this: you go to a bigger market, the endorsement deals are bigger, and and 
who's, <laughs> who's a great organization to hook you up with all these great sponsors? Oh, Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment. Imagine he goes to the Rangers. <laughs> Dude, he could. That's another great organization to do that. I mean, if I'm him, and I, and I, you know, for the last, you know, four or five years, I've been making way less than I should. I'm going to the, t- I, want it t- I want to win, but I'm also going to a team that's going to make me a boatload of cash. Mm-hmm. Boatload mm-hmm. of cash. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Outside of, outside of, because here's the thing, all the money you make that isn't made in the NHL, that 20% that goes to escrow and whatever goes to your agent, whatever, you don't have to do that. Think about, he makes, let's say he makes $10 million for the Leafs, which is definitely a discount. But then he makes another five in endorsements, which he could do in about a couple weeks of work. So he makes five million bucks in endorsements. Twenty percent of that NHL salary, or fifteen percent, or whatever, goes to escrow. So that's that ten million dollars. One point five of it just goes and you don't you never see it. It goes into holding, and then you got to pay your agent, your taxes, and all that stuff on top of that. That five million bucks, you might make the same in endorsements as you do with the actual team. But you make half of endorsements that you do with the team. Like you, I, I missed the first quarter of that because I was just so lost in thought and hot and bothered at the idea of Matthews Tavares. Kadri. Or, hey, how about Tavares Matthews? Oh, yeah. And then Kadri. Forgot about that. Yeah. You trade Kadri. No, you don't. You don't. You keep Kadri. Mm, you keep And you don't have to. He's, he's on. You, okay, you go forward knowing that you're spending a lot on centers. And the trade-off is you have the best one-two-three punch in the entire league. Like if you're if maybe you, if or you're Tavares, best, at worst. If you're if you're Tavares, who's better, Crosby, Malkin, maybe, and then who? And for how long, Crosby, Malkin? <sighs> right? How much longer? <laughs> now, and, and I'm not saying that they're they're downgrading at all, this but they're both pushing thirty. I'm I'm like, the Kremlin is pushing his way. He's also, pushing his way out of the door. Think about this: if you're John Tavares, you want to look at. Who am I going to get to play with? Whoever you want. Mitch Marner or William Nylander. You can keep Nylander with Matthews. The way Marner's played the last half of this season, you want to tell me that you don't want to put Mitch Marner? And and then you got Kasperi Kapanen, Andreas Janssen, Connor Brown. Because I'm going to say Zach, they're going to keep the Hyman, Hyman Matthews, Nylander line together. Why not? Do you think if we didn't sign Marlowe, we'd have room for a Tavares? No, we have room for De- <laughs> Tavares. Shut up, Jesse. <laughs> You're such a jerk. Him. We're going to that. <laughs> Just John, such a jerk. I hate that. No, but we can have JVR and oh, Tavares. Stop it. If we didn't sign Marlowe. No. What, what the Leafs should do is sign Carlson and Tavares this offseason. And, <laughs> and Eric, by the way, Eric not Carlson. John. And John. Well, John Carlson, I hope the Leafs sign him. But the no problem way. with the John Carlson contract is it's going to be like eight million bucks. Yeah, that stuff Bobby yeah, Kenzie no. was tweeting, you're out of your mind. At Seven six, or eight million bucks. I like him at no, six. thank you. I like him at six. Yeah, for that amount of years, nah. Nah, sorry. Anyway. Um, here's Grab a stick. You can pick. Let's keep moving. The team of your imagination. For the first time. I just, since- oh, come on, John. Come on. For the first time since October 18th, 2017, someone other than the Lightning is uh, is uh, winning the division, the Atlantic Division. And that team is the Bruins, who look unstoppable, which m- I hope they could take. I'm going, I'm chanting Until go Bruins. Until they play McElane. I hope the Bruins win every game for the rest of the season. <laughs> you know why? Because then we don't have to play them, at least in the first round. How's Tampa doing tonight? I don't know. I they, uh, lost don't know Jesse, night. do you mind looking Tampa? up the score? Sure. Now, it's sure. not to say that Tampa's a bad team, because I don't think they are. But if you're talking about matchups, 
They look vulnerable. It is 2-1 Tampa in the second over New York. It is 3-3 Toronto and the Islanders. Like, we're talking about the lesser of two ugly-ass evils. It's bad. Like, who... Like, it, it sucks either way. So... At this point, you just want to go against the team who is the coldest out of the two. And right now, it's Tampa. Who knows? Maybe the Bruins lose the rest of the games <laughs> they have this season. Tampa wins them all. And all of a sudden, you go, you know... Yeah. I want the Bruins. Yeah. It's we not just want good. the colder of the two teams. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. And maybe not Brad Marchand in the playoffs. I'd prefer not Brad Marchand in the playoffs or Patrice Bergeron in the playoffs. Over each team's last ten games, the Leafs have the best record. Just throwing it out there. Your phone disagrees. Yeah, the Leafs are uh are tied up with the Islanders now. Three three. Mitch Marner just scored on a tip in. So he's got more points. That's he did great. the thing. Twenty two goals. Mitch did the um, Mitch thing. The Leafs have clinched the playoff spot. That happened last night when the Senators beat the Florida Panthers. Thank you, Ottawa. Thanks, Sens. And here's the funny thing, and I I know I don't know why nobody, not more people said this, and I, I'm specifically pointing this at Hawk fan, Hawks fans who are depressed right now. Oh, I got something to say about that, yeah. Um, this is the first time the Leafs have clinched a playoff spot back-to-back since 2003 and 2004. Yep. That's how long it's been, guys. Grade nine. So, you know, your cups and stuff, that's cool. Like, enjoy the fact that you have memories of a cup. We barely have memories of playoffs. Yeah, There are people who are 20 years old who can't remember the Leafs in the playoffs Mm. other than last season for six games. Dude, the guy who ended the Leafs 2004 playoff run was Jeremy Roenick. Because... (laughs) That's funny. And and it was on the (laughs) same shift. right? Yeah, and it was on the same shift that Darcy Tucker hit a guy who is currently on the Leafs' dad. He hit Sammy Kapanen. Wow. So he had time to go out, raise that son, make him an NHL player, and then give him to the Leafs. Not even in give between him back-to-back give playoff him the, runs. Give him to the world, the, the, the under-18s where he scored that wicked-ass goal in overtime where he was put on a stamp. Yep. And then drafted by Pittsburgh and traded for Phil Kessel. Yep. <laughs> he had all that time. Phil Kessel, who, by the way, wasn't drafted until a year after that goal. Wow. He was drafted in 2005. Sidney Crosby in the NHL was not a thing. That goal was scored before Ovechkin and Malkin were drafted. Like a month or two before. It's been a long time, man. Tampa, Boston, I don't care who you give me. <laughs> and <what's laughs> They're interesting- in the playoffs. What's ah! interesting, too, is that, is that Leafs fans almost didn't react. It was kind of like, yep, okay. Been here before. Well, they've also been, been here. in the playoffs yeah. for a long time. Now, according to Elliot Freeman, thought 22 on 31 thoughts this week. Oh, Barry. Toronto's Nazem Kadri just became the fifth player this century to have his first two 30-goal seasons at age 26 and 27. He's got so six, specific. He's got 62 and counting in the last two years, and actually 63 now because he scored tonight. Mm. Todd Bertuzzi scored 82. That's the highest since 2000. Others are Anders Lee, uh, like Kadri, an active streak, Patrick Marlowe, and Matt Molson. Patrick Marlowe had 66. Matt Molson had 61. Wow. And people sure bet high on Matt Molson. They sure did. The Sabres and the Islanders. Wow. Um, now, Scores goals, talking man. about cap situations. There is a narrative developing, which Jesse has referenced now three times in the last two podcasts. What is that? It is a false narrative, but it is a narrative being propagated by many members of the media. And I understand where it comes from. And I'm starting to see it getting getting repeated on Twitter. I think it was. I thought it was propagated by Twitter. 
No. No, Where'd I've seen from? it on I've seen it on television. Have you really? I have. I thought it was Twitter. Mm. Now I shan't name names. But the the false narrative. Wait, Adam is on television. Do you think he went on television and said it himself so yeah. that he could reference that he's seen it on television? It was either him or Scott Scoville. Mm. I'll have to do some investigating. Why is there an eye on the top of a pyramid on our dollar bill? Should we all be shaking our booties? <laughs> I think uh, the show's done. I'm referencing. <laughs> no, no press just, conference. I'm referencing. Sweet. I got it. No, no I, 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 the it. thing that happened before on the show, I made reference to it. I just resent you. I'm tired and cranky. I think I deserve applause. You said you were oh, tired before the show. <laughs> I'm Here's sure you'll get it. You're punchy, Jesse. Yeah. This is punchy, Jesse. when I'm tired. tired. Jesse will get his applause. There will be all, all the comments will be like, yes, Jesse. Ha 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 ha. He came emotion. up with that joke Emoji. and there was just a voice in his head that went, ha ha. Ha 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 I've heard it said several times by very intelligent people, and I just don't, I think it's a throwaway sentence, and I don't think they're looking hard enough at it, and that is that Patrick Marlowe got James Van Riemsdyk's contract. That is the exact wording that some very, very intelligent hockey analysts have used. Mm -hmm. Now, there's a lot of stuff thrown at these guys all the time. So let's let them off the hook on this one, because it's one of those things, it's an easy thing to say, but when you really break it down, it's not true. So... I find it strange for several reasons because in terms of the cap, the dollar amount JVR will get would not be a problem for the Leafs next year. It'd be down the line. It'd be down the line. But if it were... Well, if we're it's only two years If we're talking line. next year, that would not be a problem for the Leafs. So already it's false because mm. that for Marlowe to get in the way of JVR, it would have to be next year. Right. Number two, in terms of the cap... Marlo which is going two, up. Yeah. Marlowe has two years left, most of which is g- going to be paid in bonuses on July 1st each year. JVR is going to have six or seven on his new, new deal. So that's, a, that's also a difference. Marlowe was brought in to augment the team and JVR, but not be a replacement for him. That was always, always the case. It was Marlowe increases our depth, right? Yep. Okay. I, I saw a great tweet. I want to say Platinum Seat Ghost. The Leafs clinched a playoff spot the second Patrick Marlowe put pen to paper. Yep. Yep. The people that will get JVR's money, there's three of them. They have names. Marlers. Mar- Marlers. <laughs> Marlers. I like it, though. Matthews. Nylander. Yep. And if you want to make a comparison that the Leafs gave JVR's potential money to someone else. The only real comparable on the team that I think you can make is Nikita Zaitsev. And even then, it's only uh, about 75% of what JVR is probably due to make. Oh. Probably not even less. that. Less. I mean, what is it? Uh, Zaitsev makes what, 425? Uh, f- I want to say 4-5. Okay. Zaitsev so makes 4-5. And if we're saying so conservatively, we're saying conservatively Wee. that almost 40 goal scorer. Scored tonight. Almost 40 goal score. JVR is only going to get six over six, which I have heard. If Kyle Ocpozo got what he got, JVR is getting more. Yeah. If it's six over six, then there's no comparison. It's, I don't think anyone is debating that the six would look decent for the first three years of the deal. The issue that we have 
over and over and over again with dozens of examples throughout the league is the back half sucks. Mm -hmm. In fact, most of the time, it's usually not even the back half. It's like the back Mm two-thirds. Sometimes it's one year in. That's the problem. Marlowe is gone after next year. Yep, he is. He's got, oh, Steve, he's got another year left after that. You you talked about the bonus structure. If someone wants them, if someone has the cap room and wants them, they're only going to have to pay them, like, what, two mil? I think it's 1.5. Come on! Mm-hmm. Now, the they're cap- not dumb. That was on purpose. He's not dumb. That was on purpose. His base salary for the 2019-2020 season is $1.25 million. And the signing bonus is three. And this is a guy that scored already 25 goals this year. Freaking retire. Yeah, but we'd still. <laughs> I don't the, think he will. If but... he retires, then we own the money. Yeah. Oh, really? So he oh. might go on a. Maybe don't, Patrick. <laughs> he might be. He might go on LTIR. We might have a strike that year too. Mm-hmm. Now, oh, um, the cap will go up to somewhere between, and I'm looking at my notes here because I wrote a lot of stuff down. Somewhere between 78 and 82 million dollars next year. So we'll split the difference. We think it's going to be 82, but we'll just say we'll call it 80, right? Call nice it 80. round number. Yeah, I thought I read 78, but okay. It is currently 75. Mm-hmm. Uh, in 2013-2014, the salary cap was $64.3 million. In 14-15, it was 69. Nice. Hey. Mm. Then it stayed steady for about a year. Last the year. number. Last Sorry. year it was 70. <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Steve. <laughs> last year the cap 73 million. This year the cap 75 million. Even if it only goes up $3 million, which I doubt it. I think it's going to be more. You have to add in the fact that a $650 million down payment for a franchise in Seattle is coming, and the cap is due to rise significantly. We could look at, and it's not out of the realm of possibility based on where the cap's gone, a $90 million cap by 2020. No. Steve, look at the last three years. Oh, you know what? It will go up to 90 until uh, it collapses back down to like 83 or so after the lockout. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. And everyone has to take a rollback. But as I said, as I said... 2013-2014, 2013-2014, when we started this podcast, it was 64.3, and now we're looking at $80 million. Really? Wow. That's a $16 million jump in the last five years. Now, by that logic, why not just keep JVR? Well, so here's where I'm going with this. Taveras. Yeah. Just Tavares. got it. Both! $6 million. <laughs> if you get JVR Clones for... Clone <laughs> if you get six, If you get JVR for $6 million bucks. What you need to look at it is in terms of what percentage of the cap is it eating. Right. Starting next year, it will be 7.5% of the cap at $80 million. And after that, dropping precipitously, considering that the $650 million is coming in. What is the cost of a second-line center these days? $7 million? Oh, no. A really good one. I would I would say you're, like, looking, at, you're looking at four or five. Like, don't look at Caudry's contract because it's a steal. Yeah. you got to look at an, what would a, a second-line center on the open market make. On the open market, yeah, you're, looking about at, agency here. you're looking Center. at about five. At least five. Yeah. Val Philpil, it makes five, Steve. Yeah. There's got to be, no. That's why I said at least Paul five. Paul Stasny is going to make $5 million? Paul Stasny is a, I would say, a premium number two center. So he's so, a number Yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll JVR yeah. is a premium winger. Yep. So? So I would say somewhere between, uh, I, would, I guess, five and seven, five. Okay. A second line center? Nah. Uh, five and 6.5. Seven if you're dumb. Yeah, for a second line center, for mm-hmm. sure. 
Now, if you have two number ones, Tavares, I think you can pay whatever. But Malkin, yeah, Malkin. The reason, the reason that I think, not only is the Marlowe contract (laughs) not a replacement for JVR, or Marlowe did not get JVR's money, I actually think that you could confidently re-sign James Van Riemsdyk if you could get him at six or six and a half. Because if a center's seven, you know, six, between five and seven, then a, a winger's got to be six something, right? Mm-hmm. S- safely. If you look at that in terms of what it will make, we're talking about a guy in JVR for the next three years who could significantly help your power play, and afterwards, he's going to be taking up less than 5% of your cap. Or you just insert Pierre Engvall, and he yeah. bags you 20 goals. That McDavid, was my suggestion. McDavid is currently making, or next year, at, if an $80 million cap, he'll be making 16% of it. Leon Dreisaitl will be making 11% of it. So together, they're about 26 27% of their cap if it goes to $80 million next year. It's a diminishing return on James Van Riemsdyk. But I would also argue it's a diminishing cap hit. Because the cap oh. goes up, and the flip side is that you've got James Van Riemsdyk, the argument for him is obvious. But the argument against him is this. He's had 30% of his goals since the trade deadline. That was the interesting argument made about Crosby, and I want to say John Shannon made it. Is You know, he's making, I think I think his cap it is 8.7, which, of course, um, but also, like, that's a tremendous steal. When he signed it, though, it was almost... <laughs> Adam, where are you going? I don't know. Chair sank. What is that? That happens to me every show. My, my leg under the chair and it sank. <laughs> so when Crosby signed his deal, it the, the percentage of the cap that his deal took up was roughly what McDavid's takes up now. Yeah. It was, I think it was like a couple of percentage points under the maximum allowable on the CBA. Okay. Right. He signed the max deal you could sign, except that eight points. And that deal, by the way, when the cap hits 90 million bucks, not going to look so onerous. So, and you'll have Connor McDavid. So you're talking with JVR. He already makes $4.25 million. The Leafs could re-sign him because if you're talking about a difference of cap hit of two point five to $3.5 million for a guy who can score over 30 goals. And I know he has his, his warts. But then you've got Bozak and Leo coming off the cap. And Leo repl- Leo's replacement is already playing. And Bozak is replaced with uh, Tavares. That's right. We also now just... whether or not my point is is what whether or not you think we should we should we should resign James Van Riemsdyk. There's arguments for, arguments against, and I actually think there's a pretty strong argument for. You can't tell me that Patrick Marlowe was given his money. You can't tell me that. No, I mean we could go back and forth with JVR all day. Yeah. Uh, Marlowe doesn't factor into it for me. Uh, that contract was never going to be a great idea, in my opinion. Which Marlowe? JVR. Yeah, I think, and, and I think you're that right. That contract that doesn't exist. Yeah, you're right. Because Sorry, why? Because you sentence. do have, if like if you look at the, the way you want to look at this is, can you get 35 goals out of Andreas Johnson and Kisperi Kapanen? Combined? Yeah, this is, oh, a lot of people give you flack for this take. Well, the yeah. way I look at it is the way the Leafs' fourth line is playing, I mean, Kisperi Kapanen has seven goals already. I still say Mar- Marner is the straw that stirs that drink, man. I agree. And I think the Leafs know that. Yeah. And I'm not, that's not to say JVR stinks, but I think you could put someone in his position with Mitch Marner and they could have some success. They're not going to score 35, 40 goals, but they could have some success. Well, you tell and me Austin Matthews with Mitch Marner on the power play couldn't score more goals than JVR? I don't want him taking abuse in front of the net, but I mean, well, he's you a wouldn't big put body. Him there. 
Oh, oh. But my, my point is... He's on the is, second power play. Right, but uh, if One you put... One of the best put, goal scorers in the league. Put Austin Matthews with, with Mitch Marner. Tell me he doesn't get more goals. The Leafs have options. And that's the point. I think you can re-sign JVR, but again, it's not Marlowe that took that up. And also, you know, do you want... If you do sign JVR, understand that it's not a freaking disaster if he makes six or six and a half. It's not. It's the just term, not. The term is what bothers me. Sure. If he makes six, six and a half next year, I'm not too fussed. But, um, yeah, six years down the line, I don't, I don't think so, man. I don't think so, man. Now, here's, I was messaging you guys about this the other night, and I think this might be something that the Leafs have to look at. Because you got, on the left side, we gotta, we're switching to defense now. And I, and I realize we're going into the playoffs here, but if we're, if we're fast-forwarding a little bit, the Leafs have Riley, they have uh, Dermott, they've got Gardner, they've got Borgman, and Hainsey, who can do a left shot as well. And I think Hainsey, who's yeah. playing, he's older now, and I think he's played a lot of time this year, and he's looked a bit shaky in the, in the recent few games. I'm sure he'll turn it on for the playoffs, but I think they've, they've really used and abused Ron Hainsey, especially on the penalty kill. Going into next year, you probably want to look at reducing Ron Hainsey's minutes. Yeah. Not because he's a bad player, but he's a great player, especially in those specific roles like killing penalties, right? What you need is balance. And with the emergence of Travis Dermott, and with one year left on Jake Gardner's deal, arguably his trade value now is the most valuable it will be. You get a year out of Jake Gardner. Is there a realm of possibility where they're able to trade Jake Gardner for X assets? Oh, man. And Give me an interesting they summer. sign a guy like, because I don't think they're going to trade a lefty for a right D. I don't think any team's going to do that. But if you look at John Carlson, you sign John Carlson, say. And let's say you get him at six. Let's say you get him at seven. Then you've got Riley, Dermott, Borgman, Hainsey on the left, Zaitsev, Carlson, Polak probably, (laughs) and maybe Timothy Lilligren eventually. Oh, Adam, you know what I've discovered? There's actually a an entire dungeon of gremlins. There's just <laughs> hallways. It's like you're walking down a hall and just rattling a metal cup on the bars of each cell. Adam, I think the Leafs Adam. have a position of strength on left on the left side that they can deal from to ident- to balance the defense, and I think that position is Drake, Jake Gardner, and I like Jake Gardner. I'm a huge Jake Gardner fan. I think for the most of the last two years, especially last year, he was the best defenseman on the team last year. This year, he's had his warts, but he's always had his warts. Jake Gardner is a fantastic defenseman. He's good enough offensively that you put up with it. So Travis Dermott becomes your number two left-handed defenseman. Ron Hainsey becomes your number two. Uh, so you move Ron Hainsey. 38-year-old Ron Hainsey. Well, okay, so you put him on. Yeah, I don't know. Guys, he's Sorry. played number one minutes all year long. And if next you can, year, If you can dial it back a little bit. As good. My point is, they wouldn't have to play him this much if they were more balanced. Ron Hainsey would not have to play as much as he does if he was, if he was on a more balanced defense. We know that, right? So heading into tonight, Babcock uh, put in Carrick for Polak and Moore for Placanitz, and he said it was to rest them. Mm-hmm. For the love of God, rest Ron Hainsey. Please. Please, I'm begging you, Babs. <laughs> I'm sure he's begging you. And if he's not, he should be. That guy's busted, man. Give that guy two or three games off. We need him. Okay, so Hainsey, so uh, w- is there a problem with Travis Dermott being your second defenseman? Your second lefty? Is he not already? Temporarily, no. Oh, you mean next season? Boy, I don't... 
What's he going to play, 15 minutes a night? What, this season or next? Next. No, he should play more than that. Well, then what's uh, the problem? I see where you're going, yeah. This is the, He's already uh, doing it. It's all exciting, and you know what? We talked about Brendan Leipzig for an entire summer. <laughs> I look forward to being able to discuss this stuff all I'm summer. Just throwing it There's out a there. variety. There's lots of options. I think if you're going to balance, if you're going to balance your defense, Jake Gardner's the guy to do it with. You open up the cap space. Remember, Bozak, Leo, James Van Riemsdyk gone. That's over. That's what is it? Ten, eleven million dollars gone right there. Mm-hmm. Something and then like you've that. got, and then may, potentially you bring in Carlson and you move Gardner. Two million. He's uh, got a great contract, by the way. Two point, somewhere around two point two five comes off the books. In uh, believe it or not, Jared Cowan's buyout, <laughs> Tim Gleason's buyout, and um, burying Martin Marinson. And the Leafs don't have overages to pay on as many bound not bonuses. As many. Not as many. Certainly still, mo- as many. still will have some to pay. But they won't have that overage thing that they had last year. Let's not forget all of the $5.25 million that Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment won't have to pay to Joffrey Lupel. Well, that they won't have the LTIR for him, right? Think of all of that spare cash <laughs> that they can use oh, on man. a guy like John Tavares. It's been holding them back. That's for sure. The loophole and, money's gone. If there's anything we know now, the Leafs, MLSC it's... can <laughs> finally spend. The gloves are off. They can do it. Oh my god. The loophole's gone. Horton still here. Still there. Couple more years. I'm just saying. Castle's I think there's. There. I think the guy to be looking at oh. is Jake Gardner. The guy to be looking at is Jake Gardner. And I maybe would call Calgary. Ooh. They can't get their first pick, but they might get Jake Gardner. They like their defenseman there. I don't know. The question is, what do you get back? I don't That's know. A great, man, God, I love having a good team. It's all sorts it's a, of options. It's amazing what happens when you, when you have fun. a good team and then you draft well. Oh, this is fun. It's funny how, how things change. So... Did I mention I'm writing a book? So I'm going back in time and... How much FNUF? First pair. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> and I'm remembering... Dude, FNUF Costca. Two years in ago. In the opener. Oh! Dude. Woo! Yeah. Yeah. So, no, I was remembering how I felt in 2010 when the Chicago Blackhawks won the Stanley Cup for their first of three. And I remember thinking, ah, that's a nice change. Oh, that's fresh. Good for them. And now that I'm sick of that, and the Leafs are good, this is nice. It's a nice change. This is fun. (laughs) I'm enjoying this fun new world, this little adventure. I hope it keeps up. I can't wait to see what the next adventure is. Jim Benning is going to meet with the Sedins, who are currently uh, on the second line in Vancouver. Uh, And I wanted to ask the question. And I, I ask the Canucks fans who are remain in our audience, despite the fact that we give you guys a really hard time, and I'm sorry. You guys are soldiers. Um, like Sundane in Toronto, could it be time for the Sedins to move on? Because retirement could potentially be the case. The question is, what role are they going to play within the organization? And how much money are they going to make? I mean, they, what do they make, $8 bucks each now? Uh, no, it's less than that, is it? I think. It's maybe six. I don't know. Jesse's looking it up right now. I just... Okay, if you're not there to win the cup. Seven. Oh, okay. They make more than I thought. If you're not there to win the cup, which they won't be, it's Vancouver. It's rude. What are you there for? 
to finish last again. You're you're an assistant no, coach. No, Adam, they're Swedish. You're you're so the Sedins will be the highest paid assistant coaches in the league. Wh- what are you doing, man? What do you what do you do this now for? They you don't, win? They probably don't want to sign anywhere else. They probably want to stay where they are. And that's fine, play. and you can live out your life, which is comfortable, and I'm sure you're established, and you won't win a thing. Were they on the gold medal team in 2006? I don't know. Probably. Probably. Good for them. They're probably at the peak that's of their it. career. Oh, no. I think that was 2010-ish. They, they had a good, like, five, six years there. They sure did. Boy, they were good. And now it's gone, and they're not going to win anything. So. And they're not bad. I mean, they're still no. each going to score, like, 50 points. I just... I don't know. I hate seeing players who have an opportunity to win, and they don't take it. Well, but also I know how much it sucked when Sundin left. Also, Sundin didn't start his career with the Leafs, so it's totally different. But it's like I get the impression it's never even occurred to them. Like, oh, let's try another team. You know what I mean? But where does that put? I <laughs> wonder where, where it puts it's Vancouver. Well? Imagine someone comes up and like, "Hey, have you ever tried playing for someone else?" And they're like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. that's an option." <laughs> Boston. <Wow. laughs> <laughs> oh my God, Henrik to Marchand for the Stanley Cup winning goal. If I were um, Marchand, I, does not pass the cup to Henrik. If I were Shirelli, <laughs> I would sign them and put them on Milan Lucic's line. There you go. <laughs> so Shirelli, Lucic, Sedins. That would Wasn't just be it, so. Someone <laughs> tweeted me that apparently Jeff Merrick suggested Louis Erickson for Milan Lucic. Like what? Jeff, don't you love this country? Why are you trying to rip it apart? Well, <laughs> why are you trying to destroy it? Would that just give them each a like? What would that do for the Vancouver Canucks? I feel like that would make the, the Oilers stronger. Doesn't matter, Adam. It's fun. It is fun. It is fun. I just um, look if they if they stay behind. I think it could be to the benefit of the Vancouver Canucks. Some people might be like, oh, but what about tanking? Well, it didn't hurt them this year. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they tanked anyway. Yeah, they persevered. <laughs> Granted, you know, some things happen injury-wise, whatever, whatever. But um, Oh, Steve. I just don't understand what do you mean, for Granted, them? they were terrible. Brock Besser was good. Uh, Bo yeah, Horvat was everyone good. Everyone gets hurt. Everyone has injuries. Steve, You're right. They're no, terrible. Oh, I'm sorry. agreeing with you. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm agreeing with you. They were just a bad team, period. So, I, I don't know. I just... Can I like the story of them remaining Canucks for their entire careers and also resent the fact that they're not taking this opportunity to go for one last chance to win? I got a good one. Okay. Jake Gardner for Chris Tanev, one for one. They each have one year left on their deal. Jake Gardner for both Sedins. <laughs> <laughs> both Sedins. Henrik plays fourth line because Tavares got signed. <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, listen. You're Which right. is the twin that Kadri hit? He plays with Kadri now. That'd be great. Yeah, I think sir. it's better if he plays with Lucic. I think but. it was Daniel. Um, man, I, I just, I, I wonder what, what they come back to accomplish. And that's something they're going to have to figure out. They're, they're and it, it is holding, It's sort of holding up the uh, uh, the the betting plan, whatever that is, because they have to basically base their whole financial about around the Sedins, right? I wonder if they've spoken to a guy like Daniel Alfredson, who you know ended his career in Detroit and was like, "Yeah, no, that sucked." Mm. <laughs> or, or did it suck for Alfredson? Didn't he go to the playoffs? Yeah. I think maybe first round exit or like a Mike Medano. He didn't win the. He cup. didn't have to sign with Detroit though. He like, did. he could have signed with teams that had a way better shot than Detroit. 
even that year. He didn't. Well, that's his own fault. Went to a team with a bunch of Swedes. I don't know. But Mike Medano went there too, and Babcock notoriously like didn't let him play in his like thousandth game or something like that. Or I, I bet both those guys regret going to the Red Wings. You know, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe just stick around, end your career. Because what happens if you? Very few people get their Ray Bork moment. So yeah. you go to another team, you make it to the second round or something, and get knocked out. You probably look back on that with regret. They stick around with the Canucks. They can cement their legacy as two of the greatest players in that team's history. And yeah, but they already have. They I are just, they are one and two in the in the Canucks. Oh wow, Pavel Bure is number one. Yeah, Pavel Bure is the best player. Long. And like I don't know, I just look at players who never won, and mm-hmm. it's just a damn shame. Mm-hmm. But the I mean? thing you said about. Resenting them for not chasing the cup, but also understanding that they want to stay. That's kind of how it is. You know, because you don't want them to go and be Broder and go sign in St. Louis and ruin, kind of soil the legacy of what you had of playing for a team your entire career. But then also you kind of want to see them win because they've been around for so long. But you get it if they just stick around in Vancouver. Yeah, I think it was a little bit different with Brodeur because mm-hmm. he was like, screw you, I can still do it. Yeah. Whereas the Sedins are like, nah, I get it. <laughs> I get it, but we're still all right. I hope they end up in St. Louis. Because <laughs> everyone does. And then, and, then no. they're, and then they're the assistant general managers with Brodeur up there. Not like St. Louis. Oh. And what's great is he's still in commercials in Canada. I don't know, maybe the States too. He's McDonald's? wearing a Devil's jersey. Yeah, it's not a Devil's jersey, isn't it? Just one of those generic red no, ones. No, it's an actual Devil's jersey for the discount, it? isn't it? Discount because it's car for rental? Enterprise Rent a Car, and they're an official sponsor of the NHL, oh. so they're allowed to use the logos. I think. All right, all right. You he's know? wearing a Devil's jersey. He's uh, he's doing that up here, but like, if he was down there, I don't think he could be doing it. It's no, not, no, no. You can't. It's not. No, not like St. Louis. It's not like St. Louis. Um, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Lastly. I got a couple things. Lastly, I got a couple things before we do the press conference. Dan Mazzara. You might not know the name, but he is the guy who wrote NHL headlines and most recently was the Golden Knights Twitter account guy. He He wrote NHL headlines? He wrote NHL headlines. It's the same guy? Pretty sure it was the... Yeah, I'm almost 100% it was the same guy. Now, if it's not, that's fine. But he did work at the NHL before he worked for the Golden Knights. But Mm -hmm. from what I understand, he is the same guy. And in fact, I'm 99.999%, but now you guys maybe doubt it, so now I can't confirm it. Wow. He tweeted wow. that he has left, wow. and the Golden Knights <laughs> tweeted that he is leaving. So he's gone. He no longer runs the account. Right. And he said it was him who's left. So he's he gonna, chose. He, so he's got a new thing. A new thing. NHL? I don't know. There, we may see the return of NHL headlines. <gasps> oh, that'll be awesome. It would be super fantastic. Yeah. That would be awesome. So if he That'd hasn't accepted a job with them... I would hope that uh, that he reconsiders and just calls them up and says, please, NHL, let me do your headlines. If Vegas wins the cup, does he get some kind of a ring? Do social... I wonder if you do. If I would hope so as a social media coordinator, you would. You should get like a shiny pin. Yeah. Or something. A, a, a bracelet. You work for the team. Yeah. A bracelet. I would if 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 at least a hat. <laughs> if I were him, I'd be like, I'll pay. Just give me the ring. <laughs> like I'll pay for the ring. Give me the ring. Yeah, I don't, I don't think he makes as much as you think. <laughs> well, you wouldn't want the yeah. you're as a you're not gonna get the same ring as the players get, which is like twenty he's, grand. He's gonna get like a Ryerson class yeah, ring. Yeah, with a fake ruby in it. Oh, dude. No. Um, and there's a couple people I want to shout out. Oh, 
couple people I want to shout out. First one is Stu Braden. Hi, Adam. As promised, here are some details about my son and a massive fan of the podcast. His name is Finn. Finn, next week, and this was a week ago, so I guess it's right now, will fly out to the under-13 Wee level England team, with the England team, sorry, to Slovakia for a five-day intensive, uh, intensive camp with games against the Slovakian, Czech, and Austri- uh, Austrian teams. Wow. It's going to be a great experience for him and his teammates, and it puts him on the pathway for selection of the, on the Great Britain national teams, which starts around the age of 15. Finn is doing really well, and he is currently one of the top goal scorers in the country under 13. One of his goals uh, from earlier in the season is pinned to my Twitter feed, blah, blah, blah. Thank you, and I'll, I'll, I'll open that up in just a second. Thank you to, uh, to you, Steve and Jesse, for your, your support and wishing Finn well. I think, he, uh, I think your best wishes certainly helped him work extra hard in his final selection camp. Keep up the amazing work with the podcast. Uh, it is twice the highlight of our listening week. I agree with him that we deserve all the credit. All the credit. All the credit. If you yep. become a millionaire, we get what's reasonable? A third? No, no, no. Fifty. I think it's worth Fifth, looking yeah. at. I think it's worth looking at uh, the video he has pinned to his Twitter account. And again, it's at Stu Braden. S T U B R A D O N. If you want to check it out, it's his son, and it's Scotland versus Norway. And I guess he's playing for Team Scotland in this particular situation, and he just walks in and dangles the pants off a goalie. Ends it's growing. Life. It's growing I, in Great Britain and uh, Scotland it's in so particular. It, it's kind of cool. And you know who else played for England's national team? Rod Stewart's son. That's right. Did you see that thing where Scott... He's good. That's my kid. Yeah. That's my kid. He's like, ah! Ah! Yeah, it's, it's growing, man. It's Pretty growing cool. over there. That's awesome, though. Congratulations. Yeah, amazing. I thought that was worth shouting out. Another person I want to shout out is Drew Adrich. Drew is from Winnipeg. That's who the Leafs are playing tomorrow night, consequently. Skip to the next one. (laughs) Hey, Adam, big fan of the podcast. Feel you guys cover other NHL markets and other leagues in adequate depths for a Leaf-centric show. Thank you. Adequate's good enough. You know what? We are pretty (laughs) Leaf-centric. Bragging rights are on the line. That was a very guy compliment. Bragging rights are on the line this weekend for Toronto. Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to read this. Very important. Go ahead. All right. Bragging rights are on the line this... (laughs) Dick. I love you, man. Bragging rights are on the line this weekend for Toronto and Winnipeg with the Leafs and Jets and the Marlies and Moose facing off in three games in 24 hours, which is pretty cool. Holy crap. My buddy Taft and I are both expats from Toronto and that work here temporarily. Like most Canadian cities, people here seem to relish the opportunity to to rip on the Leafs and the city of Toronto in general. It's interesting to see the rivalry while living in another NHL market. We've been jacked up for this weekend all season, especially after the thrashing we witnessed in the home opener. The jeering in our section ceased after the first period. Hoping for a shout-out in the upcoming podcast, we're taking signs to the Marlies games. So if you're watching the Marlies... Uh, the front-running ideas are Dang Gang, or Steve's infamous, what? Uh, and the, or the, oh no! Oh no! I think you should do Dangle Navy and you should dress up like sailors. Dangle Navy, yes. So he says, uh, cheers, Drew, co-chair of the Dang Gang, Winnipeg chapter. We gotta change that to the Dangle Navy, Winnipeg chapter. Um, boy, you better hope the Leafs win tomorrow. Well, he's going to the Marlies game. Really, not just him? Oh, well. Okay, listen. The people that this guy works with have had to sit on that 7-2 loss since opening night. Yep. They get the revenge in what? The fourth 
last game, fifth, a third last game of the season for the Leafs anyway. I don't know what it is for the Jets. They had to sit on that since October before Canadian Thanksgiving. You better believe they're just going to rub it in, rub it in so bad if they end up uh, winning. And also they'll be able to say, and we're the Jets, we're way better than you, we're higher in the standings, whatever, whatever. All they got right now is, yeah, but we beat you 7-2. Oh, hey, we're great in the standings. Yeah, but we beat you 7-2. If they're higher than you in the standings and they beat you, you just got to suffer. So for expats in Winnipeg, pray for them. Pray for them that McElhaney is a pretty good backup, ain't he? Ah, that's right, because he is playing. And he, <laughs> uh, by the way, uh, to your point about what Mike Babcock said about resting players, McElhaney may get an extra game in the last six. <sighs> Imagine if that is the difference between Freddie breaking Raycroft's record and not. No, I think tonight's the game, isn't it? If, uh, if he wins I tonight. I think he ties it. Because what's he at, 35 or 36? The record's 37. Someone told me it's 38. You're wrong. 38 would be breaking it. Yeah. 37 is tying it. He currently sits on 36 wins this year. What's the score? Four three Islanders or four three Leafs? Sorry, four three Leafs. Oh really? Yeah. No, it's four four. Oh, it's four four. Oh, oh and guess who tied Freddy, it up? Freddie, you're making this real hard on yourself. Guess who tied it up on the power play? Josh Hosang. John Tavares. <laughs> <laughs> From noted Edmonton player until this year, Jordan Eberle. Um, also, thanks a lot, Pete. Uh, Raycroft doesn't own it outright, right? He shares him it and with Belfour. Belfour. Okay. Mm-hmm. It just makes me. Mad. It's just everyone calls it the Raycroft record. Because it's funnier. Because, yeah. It is oh, funnier. It's way, oh. <laughs> way, Hall of Famer, Andrew Raycroft. Totally. Yeah. Guy who got bought out so that Raycroft could be the starter. Oh, Raycroft. that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, they were dumb. Yes, they were. It's okay. They're going to lead Seattle now. And the thing was, Belfort didn't even have a bad year that year, the year before. He was okay. They missed the playoffs by like a point or two. He, there was no point buying him out. They could have had him there. I don't know. That was when the cap was like 40 million bucks. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. Jeff O'Neill and Eric Lindros signing for a million bucks each. I wonder if he was viewed as a problem. Ed Belfort? Yeah. Oh, man, there's he's... a story in Shift Work, Ty Domi's book, where Belfort got so belligerent at a bar one night that Domi had to knock him out. Wow. <laughs> it's a great story. And the next morning, Belfort came to practice and hugged Domi and thanked him for <laughs> knocking him out. Hockey players, man, and specifically goalies. They're friggin' weird. Sean McKenzie just tweeted something, and this is interesting. It may not be a great building for hockey, but they do pump a signature scent into the Barclays Center, so there's that. They, they like Bar- pump a Does Barclays smell? have a, a perfume? Do they have a cologne? Not that I'm aware of, unless he's trying to make a joke and saying that the place stinks. I don't know. I think that's an interesting. I would. I want to know what he means by that, Sean. Right there, Sean. Uh, inquiring minds want to know. I think we should move on to the press conference okay. instead of just you tweeting things at Sean. <laughs> I don't know if that makes. Uh, yeah, let's move on to the press conference. <laughs> I now I want to know. Don't you want to know? Yes. Press conference. The Steve Dangle press conference. Can you rank the Leafs' current jerseys? Home away, Winter Classic, St. Pat's Classic, or? Arenas. No, it's the Arenas. Arenas. There you go. So, what are we ranking them in terms of how good they are? Rank them. Oh, 
rank them. <sighs> hmm. I like the Aretna's jerseys. I like the Arnasties jerseys. Um, I like the Navy jerseys. I like the same patch jerseys. The all whites. I like the all whites. Oh, the ones from the like outdoor the game where they blew it? No, those are last. Those rank last because I associate them with a crappy memory. At least in the St. Pat's game, so had they, they won lost, it, they played all right. Had they won it, it'd still be a mediocre jersey. You're wrong. But the fact you're that wrong. they lost it, the white gloves sucks were extra. Sick. It was like watching one of, it was like going to Diddy's white party. I no, it. it reminded me too much of the Leafs pajama jerseys, which I just associate with the uh, Jeff Finger era. And I can't, I can't get over that. I can't Who get past that. Who was it supposed that. to be instead of Jeff Finger who they signed again? Oh, um... From Colorado? Kurt Sauer. Kurt Sauer. That sure left a sour taste in our mouth. Ah! Ah! Um, okay, I'm, I'm going to go Leafs home, Leafs away. Number one and number two. The question then becomes, St. Pat's or Retinas? I'm going St. Pat's. Boy, that's hard. I'm going to say... Leafs home, Retinas... Wrong. St. Pat's away. And then Navy. And then Navy. Which are not Navy, by the way. They're white. Yeah. But, but Navy themed. I got you. Jesse, what do you think? The correct answer is the 2017 BMO Field Winter Classic jerseys over oh, everything. Forgot about that one. Well, that's, those aren't part of the ranking. It's just this year's team. No, that's not I'm what it says. I'm trying to picture that one. Why can't I I didn't know that, that was an option. I have one. Well, you should have invented your own option. Like <laughs> <I did. laughs> Jesse just... <laughs> Wait, no, okay, okay. Sorry, so I got to change it. Home, Aretna's, Centennial, classic Sen- jersey. That's the word I was looking for, sorry. Um, St. Pat's away... Uh, the Navy jerseys. The all The Mr. Ones. Clean jerseys, yes. <laughs> all right. That's what I'm going with. Imagine Matt Sundin wore those jerseys. He would look He would look like Mr. Clean. Go look at Matt Sundin in the, in the St. Pat's jerseys they made him wear. Oh, the brown. With the brown panel. helmets. Oh, that was bad. That was bad. <laughs> Luca Volpe just uh, hit me up on Twitter, and he's like, Hey, Adam, hope all is well. I reserved two tickets to the Steve Dangle podcast night on April 7th with Puck Talks. However, something came up, and we will not be able to make it. Wondering what I should do with the tickets. If you could please let me know, that would be awesome. Now, I, mess- I messaged no. him. But what you should do is throw it up on Reddit. Yes. and Because that's kind of where the community hangs out. And let us know, just say, hey, I got two tickets. Let's do a, do a switch over. You guys sort it out amongst yourselves. It's obviously a free event. Um, and keep checking the Reddit page because I know that there are people that want them. Um, and please, if you can't make it, give up your tickets so someone else can't, right? Mm-hmm. And remember, this isn't the last time we're doing these events. We've actually got a good, uh, I think we've got some pretty good plans in place for next season, especially. Um, you know, I know we kind of had this one as a lost season. We were trying to figure out what we could do. Uh, but I think now that we're on board with Puck Talks, it's going to be a lot easier and a lot more fun. Yeah. I'm so, so excited to get my life back after uh, handing in this friggin' manuscript yeah, in a couple days. Seriously. I'm so like I'm gonna like I'm just thinking about like the little things like I'm excited to go to the gym. Is I'm it kinda to like have a beer and not fall asleep. Is it kinda like I'm <laughs> excited about a lot of things. Is it kinda like being going through a wedding and you're like, I got this huge project and whenever I have downtime I feel guilty about it and then once it's over, you're not gonna feel this as guilty. Is harder. Oh I bet it's harder. This is harder. I didn't have to do as much work for that. <laughs> you, s- you make a few phone calls and whatever. I mean, let's be honest, Mrs. Dangle did most of the work, but 
Uh, the, a wedding, at the end of the day, is a party. And this thing, it's, it's, how do I, how, you know what it is? I write, I wrote like seven or 8,000 words today, maybe more. I, I was telling you guys, I've written like 20,000 words the last 72 hours, maybe more. Mm. And every time I look at a thing that I finished, I look at the 8,000 words and I read it and I'm proud of it for a second. And then I go, all right, what's next? And I just feel like, okay, I climbed this this mountain in Edinburgh, Scotland called Arthur's Seat. And it's designed in this weird way where you climb it and you're like, oh, I'm almost near the top. And then you get near the top and you realize, oh, there's another huge hill to climb. And then you get to the top of that one and you do that seven or eight times. And by the end of it, you're just dead tired. But once you finish it, you're proud of yourself and you get to take a picture next to this cool block that's on top of the mountain. I haven't taken the picture yet. I'm really looking forward to it. You know what's going to be nice? What? Not Me not talking about it for a while? No. no, I no, I no. I've I enjoyed it, actually. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. been nice. It's been cool to run with you with through that experience. Just like, what, what are you, just don't butter me up. What are you doing? No, no, Steve, I just think you're an incredible person and like, I'm really, <laughs> I think you're doing a great thing by writing this book and like, as as a friend of yours, I'm like really proud of you that you've been able to dedicate all this time and like, I'm, I'm going to not, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna write Jesse out of the book. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't wait till you finish the hurdle and like you deliver the book and then it's like, okay, When's the next book? Because, right, because that's what'll happen. Because that's what'll happen. You're gonna finish, and then it's gonna be like, it's time for the next book. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've learned a lot this time, and the next one will be a lot easier. I just can't wait till you're doing this all over again in like two years, no. and you don't learn your lesson. Oh, two all. years, <laughs> right away. Sooner than that, <laughs> right away. Sooner than oh, dude, I'm already on book three up here <laughs> in my head. Okay, um, okay. No, it. What the problem was. I was like, okay, if I try to write this chronologically, it's going to be too hard. So, you know, whenever I'm out, you know, hanging out with friends and a story comes up and it's good enough, I'll remember it and be like, oh, okay, I'll go home and write that because it's present in my mind. And then I just had all these jumbled stories. As a result, my childhood and like family story, which is at the beginning of the book, took forever. And then once I finally finished that, I was able to then write chronologically, but it took forever to get to that point. And now, because I have all these pre-written chapters, it's like a game of Tetris, where, like, you know, one thing drops, one thing drops, one thing drops, you're like, where the hell's the progress? And then you get to a couple chapters in a row that you've already written, and it's like, you get a line. But mm. it's, it's, this is, it's just taking forever. It's just taking forever. I just can't wait to not read it. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, by the way, Sean McKenzie tweeted me back about the Barclays Center smell. Adam, I could not care less about this. No, this is interesting. (laughs) (laughs) A source familiar with the matter says it's the work of Scent Air, a company that manufactures custom fragrances fragrances pumped into the air at theme parks, stores, and hotels around the world. That cocoa-drenched cloud that you inhale when you walk into Hershey's store Times Square isn't candy. It's Scent Air. Are you and kidding? So Barclays Center has like a uh, like a Calvin Klein. Calvin Klein, which does sponsor an exclusive lounge in the arena, did not reply to an inquiry about whether it's uh, a one of their famed fragrances. Wow, this is legit like Crazy. reporting that he's doing. 
Well, no, he didn't. He didn't do this. It's from uh, legit. It's reporting. from Google. Oh yeah, yeah. Barclays legit Center does it. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> from Leslie Albright. All right. So Leafs are on the power play with about six minutes to go. It's tied four four in the third. Last time we did a show during a Leafs game, they were up three nothing when I left the show, That's and funny. lost the game. I am scared to move. Mm-hmm. I also want to go home. I think we go. Ah. <sighs> Steve, uh, you're way too superstitious. Okay, so what if I stay here and just watch it on a TV Steve. before we stop recording? Steve, you can what? do that. If you're on Instagram, I'll show you where the TV is. But the will that stuff. erase the evil magic? Um, I don't think he's going to say No, no, no. The evil, there is. the evil magic stays with you no matter what. It's in your DNA, bro. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So I got to stay here. Basically. This, we can watch it all together. Did you, did you guys happen to see what Kevin Durant got ejected for last night? No, no. I didn't see it. I didn't watch Sportsnet this morning. He uh, he called a referee like a name, and I just think that's what you're being right now. What did he, he say? You're a silly Billy. I, I, say I, I don't think I can say it on the show, but like I'll pass you the phone, and like that's you. Wow, you can't say it on the I show. I can't say it. We're but... we're an uncensored show, and you can't say that. <laughs> Wow, and that's what Steve's being, huh? Wow! Oh, you saw it? No, I just want to know if it makes you react like that. Woo. Steve, <laughs> if you can stop being one of those, <laughs> then we can all go home. <laughs> oh, that's a perfect thing. Hey, we've hit two hours on the dot. Let's call it a show. Please, can we call it a show? That's so angry. All right, love you guys. We'll see you next week. Bye. Follow the guys on Twitter at Steve underscore Dangle, at Adam W-Y-L-D-E, and at Jesse Blake. The Steve Dangle Podcast. Brought to you by Panago Pizza. Order at Panago.com and stuff your face with deliciousness.